This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Was the weekend confirmed before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring because they were all living in a van down by the river. Guys, uh, Garnet, Garnet had his Wheaties this morning. I have no idea why I <laughs> wanted to mix those two together, but it just <laughs> seemed like a good thing. It was like check mix. Peanuts, checks, Worcestershire and salt. Why not? It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Anyway, I'm Garnet Lee. Great to have you here one week until Christmas or less than that. You might even be listening to this on Christmas Eve, although we have other shows coming for you. On Christmas and Oh, it's years. a Christmas palooza of cheer, talking, and video and games. video games. For this show, though, Mr. Jeff Kanata here at my left side. Co- yes. Co-host, co-partner in crime. Yeah. I'm excited about Christmas. Are you excited about Christmas? I'm always excited about Christmas. You are. You're like our little elf on the shelf, aren't you? <laughs> our garnet on the floor net. I don't know. Yes. Something <laughs> like that. Uh, and of course, you guys in the same place at the same time, duking it out for co-chair... Christian Spicer. I only can say nice things about Jeff because he's here. I, you're such a great, I like you so much. You're such a wonderful person. Hello, Spicer. <laughs> <laughs> Urgh, I want this to be like a real rivalry. <laughs> I know, I do too. All the references are all over the place today. Hello, Spicer. And Andrew Yoon down at the uh, far end of the table. Howdy. I have nothing, <laughs> I have nothing clever to say. Sorry. He's uh he's been he's pre- saving all his clever for later. He's been pre-Christmasing as well. So coming up on this uh, show, we have folks who've been playing The Walking Dead season two, episode one. I know that's been garnering a lot of attention. Uh, Wait, I did you say season two, season one, or I season, said season two, episode, episode one. one. Yeah, yeah. S two E one. Right. It's just like you're looking at like your TiVo or something, right? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, and. I've been traveling, so I bust out a handheld, but it's and I had a little Twitter contest, and actually someone got it. I had to narrow it down some. I went back and got my trusty DS XL. I bought off a listener. I forget who it was that I bought. A trusty listener and sold it to me, hmm. uh, and busted out nine nine nine, and it's yeah really awesome. And I'm <clears> looking forward to talking about that because it's sort of still available on Amazon since they re released it, and it leads to Virtue's last reward on Vita. I was telling Christian earlier, I was thinking of him because I got my tearaway this week. I can't believe that the tearaway $20 sale became like a thing. First, it was going to be oh, GameSpot, or I'm sorry, GameStop, and then Amazon matched it. But then Amazon's just like kept bombing right along with it. It's like, tearaway, $19.99. Take it away, kids. <laughs> I bought it for 35 bucks, and I felt like a hoser. No, well, it was worth every penny of $35. I would say well, don't. When a week later, it's 20 it kind of makes you makes a fella scratch his head i'm surprised at how long that promotion is is running it's you know it's this uh well pre-christmas you know they do it does it does make you a little thoughtful still about how much of an uphill climb the vita takes faces Mm. you know and that's you know immediately it's new ip but it's media molecule and it it, for a vita player i mean it seems like it should sell to a large portion of the vita install base and yet it probably did it sold 14,000 copies <laughs> <laughs> how many of those did you buy <laughs> yeah well, 
14,000. <laughs> 13,000. Yo, that's cold-blooded, man. That is some cold-blooded right there. Uh, I'm digging Tearaway as well, although I wish I had bought it for 20 instead of 35. I'm but. I'm looking forward to uh, having some time over Christmas break to play it, because I'll be traveling again a little bit, so I'll bust out the Vita. Although I'm going to be in 999 for a long time. We'll talk about that later, so we've got that. Uh, is that the Subway game about how much two Subway sandwiches cost if you buy them together? No, it's the <sighs> Hitler being upset and saying no uh, several times. Got game. it. Yeah. No, no, no. And it also has nothing to do with Galaxy Express, although that would have been even more awesome. All right. Uh, what are the other little things? Talking about sales stuff. One quick news hit that came up this week. Do you think Call of Duty's in trouble? Because it only sold a hell of a lot instead of a guy, goddamn. It only a sold a hell of a lot, <laughs> but but there are there are some uh, uh, analysts claiming that not only did it not sell as well as last year's edition, there were uh, more days in the reporting period this time, and that it could indicate as much as a twenty percent drop over mm. last year's game, which would be fairly significant. Well, it has to happen sooner or later, right? I mean, and and the thing is, even if Call of Duty is sunsetting, Activision has like Destiny just waiting right, right in the wings. They're, they're, fact, they're they have like another shooter that they can exploit out. Exactly. You know, I was just gonna say it's kind of Activision's business model is like you find the thing, you drive it into the ground, and you move on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, they're they're essentially the the oil company of of video <laughs> games. They're just like this well's dry, just move on. Yeah, keep pumping until it's dry. Pump out another one every year. Boom. So you're you're not in the oh my gosh, it's going to be like the death knell for you know are you starting the countdown timer on when they get rid of Treyarch and Infinity Ward? Oh man. I don't think so. I think they'll just be transitioned to other projects eventually. But I, I also think we'll see more call calls of duty uh before it's all said and done. And I think they will all continue to sell well enough to justify the continuance of the franchise. It's just it's bound to happen. You can't keep milking that same cow for. In- I mean, it would be interesting if I don't know Activision decided to skip a year once in a while. That that'd be an interesting strategy to see, to see them do that. Well, even if they did, I mean, I guess that would help. But even if they did, it feels like military. I don't think shooters. they have any intention of doing that. I think sure. I think that you're a little bit optimistic. I don't think they're going to back away from Call of Duty. I think that they're going to. I mean, as they proved with Guitar Hero, they will grind it down right. to a very completely dead scorched earth nub mm-hmm. and, and and this year is rough just because grand theft auto 5 existed so it's really that's true for the market that both of those games are going after they're going after those people that might only buy one or two games per year and if they already bought gta 5 that's yeah. the game that they bought yeah i mean even even though they're pretty different games you only have so much money you can spend mm-hmm. on on video games so hmm. all right well something to think about Something to think about. And if you're PlayStation Plus, the other Vita game I picked up this week was uh, Soul Sacrifice. 1.8 gig. You can download it onto your Vita. Right now, you probably have already done it. you got plenty of time to mess with it. Uh, Kenji Ifune made, uh, was the director on it. So it got a lot of acclaim, and then no one played it. So now that it's free for PlayStation Plus, you should go and grab it. I will. All right. You, you will? Really? Yeah. Although... It bugs me that uh, I really have to decide what one game I will have on my memory stick. What size did you get? Eight? Yeah, whatever the size is that I got. Well, when I bought it. dude, here's another thing for you to go. <laughs> another thing for know. you to go hook up. <laughs> They're also selling the 16 giggers for 20 bucks on Amazon. Right. So it's 20 bucks. If I had saved that money on Tearaway, I would. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had them both. I could have had them both. I could have been a contender. That's right. 
Being it could have been a contender, Nintendo uh, wrapped up its Nintendo Direct series here at, uh, for the year with a with a interesting uh, set of game Dude, some videos cool things, and I think. reveals from both uh, Awada and Reggie. It was very, I think from a top level view, it was very telling how, how desperate they are. <laughs> how troubled the Wii U's software lineup continues to be. Somebody was like, get a fucking Zelda out! Yeah. What do we do? Put Zelda on it! Well, I mean, even before we talk about Zelda Warriors... Which is actually, I guess, Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. But before we talk I about hope that, I hope that the uh, title, not final, is actually part of the final <laughs> title. So it's Hyrule Warriors, title, not final, is the name. of, And there's like a big story arc in the game about how his title is not final. And he has to, he has to finalize the title. <laughs> well, as Andrew pointed out, not only was the title not final, they didn't even afford a font. It's like there's this crazy <laughs> yeah. placeholder card that they says... Couldn't, they couldn't bother, like, photoshopping even, like, a little background. It was just... It was <laughs> clip, black. It was done on... It was, like, Microsoft Word clip art from... <laughs> no, there was, there, there was no clip art. It, it was it, not even any clip it was, art. It was just... Yeah, they, they just made it in like Microsoft Paint. Essentially, Hyrule Warriors. It should be called a link to a thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Name not final. <laughs> yeah, someone still has that expression. But just overall, they showed all of these, and then and they immediately, you know, they showed that up front. We'll talk about that, and then they switched into all this 3DS stuff, and they had a lot of 3DS stuff. And if you, and dude, really, I am the biggest Kirby fanboy. And doesn't I, it contrast oh, the two systems? Here, yeah. here is they they show that at the beginning, you're like oh, you know, and then they dive into all the 3ds stuff. And you're like, wow, it's like game after game, right. Stuff that looks cool, has, stuff that looks that cool has matured a little. And bit. then they come back to the Wii U at the end, and it's a couple of montage videos that are more more of the sort of well, here's some teasery, you know, smoke and mirror stuff. Right. See you next year. <laughs> it's like, well, wait, we're in like year it, two. It is very strange. We're in year two of Wii U. Like, why are you still giving us these? I love things? the fact that they don't put out games until they're really in a in a state of polish that is okay. deserving of the Nintendo name in for the most part. Uh, but by the same token, it's ridiculous that it seems like they're always putting out hardware when their design teams are like, oh yeah, well, wait, we'll get started on that. Time. Yeah. So, all right, so we, they kicked it off with Hyrule Warriors. It's a Tecmo Koei game. Uh, it obviously plays off of all the Warriors games, which are you know big hack and slash affairs. And it a little bit to me looked like they had just taken Link and dropped him in the middle of you know Samurai Warriors at all. But it looks awesome. That looks awesome. I think it looks awesome. Hmm. But it does look like a mini game that you might oh, no, see in another game. Explain awesome. Because the Warriors, uh, the Warriors games are not really up there on people's awesome list. I think it looked pretty awesome. I think that the video that they showed, I was like, I want to, I want to play that. I, it feels like this, a smaller part of a larger game, and if that's all it is, I'll, you know, it kind of looks like it I mean, won't be yeah, very have much you meat to it. Played the other, like any of the other Warriors games? You I, played Dynasty Warriors? No, nah, because one? you know yeah. why? Because they didn't have Link in them. <laughs> so this is your Soul Calibur two or whichever one that was. <laughs> right. like, yeah. wait, wait. I love it. Which the one that had Darth Vader so is the one that... <laughs> I mean, as someone that has played a few Dynasty Warrior games, I, I do think that the introduction of Zelda enemies, like, the, they took some of those bosses that... It's like, oh, well, at least there's some something new now. Good point. You know, so I think I think that that could introduce uh, something else. But then they're taking away all the, like, the, the like uh, Empire stuff, at least based on, like, the video that they showed. So yeah, there it, wasn't any indication there was any of that sort yeah, of level in there. So, you know, I feel like it might also... It might actually manage to be dumber than the average <laughs> Dynasty Warrior game. My concern with this game is, one, they crank out Warrior games already. Two, yep. this is the first we've heard of this game. And this is supposed to be a stopgap, I'm assuming, before we get a real Wii U Zelda again. 
Like, when is this coming out, and how quickly was it made? Well, it w- I just don't I, picture it being quality. You know what I mean? Or, or anything above and beyond what they always do in the Warriors formula with a slap oh, of Nintendo. It was paint a slap on it. Nintendo. I mean, even down to the fact that you had the Zelda theme, but played by electric guitars. <laughs> We're rocking out to the Zelda theme. <laughs> I it was mean, like, it was almost seemed like a yeah, South Park. I don't know. I don't know why you guys are not thinking that's cool. <laughs> that's I mean, they, cool because, we, because I played several no, Warriors not. games, and I also played Ninety Nine Nights. And having played a couple of them, they're fun at first, and and that like it just that series has not evolved particularly well. And there, it has a very tight core player fan base. I think it will trade well on the Zelda. I mean, it'll work obviously the way it worked on you. I mean, have you read the comments? I mean, people are pretty psyched for it. I think I think the people that are going to pick up that game have never played a Dynasty Warriors game. That's me. Just just like the people that played the new like One Piece game, even though that is a Dynasty Warriors game, they've never played a Dynasty Warriors. You know, they they they, they've done a really good job of sort of making this gameplay model and just like slapping uh, an IP on top of it and just attracting the people that are that are into that franchise. Also, uh, I know this is probably unrealistic but i'm also hoping it's a downloadable game that's like 1999 i it won't be but i think that'd be it, cool it'll be downloadable it, it'll be well yeah it it'll be available be 1999 yeah <sighs> well and iwata also felt compelled to explain that it was not the next real installment of zelda so don't worry about it this is if you don't like this it's just something we're doing in the interim the thing about these warriors games is i often think of them as early in the console cycle if not launch games because they much are much akin in my mind to sports games and that you can sort of hammer them out but we're not at early we're not we're still early but we're not like in that launch window this is not something that they were developing prior to the console launching and suddenly had it ready at launch it's now you know a ways in and i think this is potentially something where where it's sort of this oh my god we've got to have some it, more stuff for this concept. it certainly feels that way doesn't it? it it feels like oh we gotta we gotta get our our marquee characters on this system yeah. as fast as we can i mean nintendo has been annualizing the zelda franchise i mean let's not forget that on, on 3ds the launch was ocarina and then yeah. you know, which was a remake because mm-hmm. they couldn't have anything else in time right uh and then they moved on to uh, a link uh, between worlds and th- that everyone tells me is fantastic it right? is so good uh and then probably next year will be the majora's mask remake right just so that they uh, have is wind waker uh, hd also and so yeah wind waker hd was the zelda game for wii u this year and mm-hmm. so this will be the zelda game for next year because they, they want to keep that franchise in people's minds and they can't make a mainline game every year obviously right they can't uh, make one every four years <laughs> <laughs> exactly so although i mean they've been able to make a mainline mario game every year uh for the for yeah but those now. also are are sort of you know they they alternate yeah yeah between, between the like new franchise mm-hmm. and the galaxy and the 3d world so in the same way you could kind of say that the 3d world galaxy are the mainline marios and the new versions are sort of stop gaps Would but they have their own yeah know. they all have their own like yeah would you guys be with? interested in a new legend of zelda style game that makes sense like you know you new have Super mario brothers no we <laughs> well i mean uh, is it, isn't isn't a link between worlds essentially that where they're saying hey let's go back to that 2d gameplay that that people liked uh the top down hmm. link to the past style game i do think mm-hmm. it, i do i think it's really close to that i think you know with the tweaking of the items and stuff like that they were trying to be a little more creative than um what some of the new super mario games were but i wonder if people would be interested in, in maybe if they can bang out that type of game <clears throat> excuse me uh more frequently if that's something that gamers would want if it's just like look this is legend of zelda 
new and like new dungeons with that very basic graphical top-down interface. Well, it's, it's ironic that we just came from talking about how Activision is killing Call of Duty by getting it out more frequently. And then you're like, well, don't you think they could get Zelda out more frequently, guys? I mean, I think it's to their credit that the Zelda games and the Mario games also are such high quality. And co- when they come out, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is a game that people have been working on for a long time and the quality shows. The difference is that this console has been out and it's, why did you release this console? And I'm talking about abstracting of the business sense, like, oh shit, the Wii's life is dead and we need a new console. But it's just, why did this hardware come out when there's nothing ready for it? And I think that's why people are clamoring for, we need a new Zelda, we need a, a proper Mario, which we got now. But like, what, what, so you say what the, the lag heck? time? The lag time feels longer to you than it did from 3DS launch to the uh, 3DS resurrection. No, I mean, I, I guess I feel like the 3DS was savable in, in a way that it's... Well, clearly it was. Well, and I think... It was. It did well, save yeah, itself. Well, the 3DS is savable because it doesn't have many competitors, right? Yes. It, well, right. you can count the iPhone and whatnot, you know, but but I, I do think in terms of the dedicated console Well, player, I think even right? taking into account iOS devices, which I do think have... And people have said this for a while. I do think it has detracted from dedicated handheld system sales... But the Wii U is, I mean, looking at the PS4 and the Xbox One and the PS3 and the 360, it's just not as, it doesn't, when you look at the Wii U, it's not like, well, they can pull this one out. Whereas when you looked at the 3DS, it was like, they can pull that out because people still want because, that kind of console. Because your argument seems to me to be that the Vita does not pose the, and the Vita and the iPhone don't pose the sort of threat based off their technology, superior technology to the to the ds uh, to the 3ds that the one and ps4 do to the wii u despite the fact that it's the same sort of thing it's the same sort of like here are two competitors that are more high tech more badass but they in this case pose a bigger threat than they do in the hand well i think i think nintendo's done a much better job of justifying the existence of the 3ds i mean obviously a lot of players don't play with 3d turned on but they right. do, they they have marquee games that take advantage of that they have games that do still take advantage of the two screens and uh, and the stylus gameplay uh but even subtle things like street pass you know the, like that's something that doesn't exist on yeah. on on other consoles or devices so like they've they've done a lot to sort of like say hey the 3ds is a really interesting unique system and it's not just this single element it's all these elements combined that you can't get on any other system wii u on the other hand they really still haven't been able to justify like the hardware at all yeah. even and and there's a lot of great games coming out for it and super mario 3d world is amazing but at the same time there's like no reason why the gamepad is like really needed for that game right. and by the way i agree with this argument i think that part of it is the nature of sitting on your couch looking at as many of us do now a fairly large size hd tv screen versus you know, screen size on an iphone 5 or a 3ds xl or even a 3ds xl or or even you know a, uh, a Vita, not that large. And so it's a little more forgiving as you get into those smaller screen sizes of the sort of, you know, visual fidelity. You're not sitting there listening to a surround sound system, you know. But it's a different experience. Mario looks amazing on my HD Mario, TV. Yeah. Mario, you're right. Mario the does look really world. good on there. Yeah, it's And, and some of the stuff we saw at the end of this video looks pretty good. But the Wii, U's, the Wii U has been inconsistent. Well, I mean, I, I, no, I, I honestly don't think it's the graphics that's the issue. No. It's it's actually the value proposition. Because if you think about it, okay, uh, 
for you know a hundred dollars more, you get a PS4, and so like even even it, but like, no games yet for that really. Yeah, no, no games, but from Relatively. like a, from a from just like a sheer tech value perspective, you're right. like, oh well, that's clearly a better or better value. I think I think the main problem is because Nintendo hasn't justified the gamepad. It's this added cost which offers like no value to the consumer, right? Like, well, why yeah. don't we break this thing up? Unlike the way they did, we won't skip. Uh, we won't skip back and forth. We'll just keep on with the other Wii U stuff. They showed off uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which looks awesome. which looks great, like it did at E3. Very yeah. happy about that. They show off a new playable character in Cranky Kong with his cane. Right, looks like another dynamic there. I guess they uh, and then said basically that there are going to be six different unique play styles over the course of the game. That's pretty promising for mm-hmm. that form of game. Yeah. Any, any new more? Did that help you get more excited about it? Or you more- I can't wait to play that game. I, I really, honestly think that this is going to be similar to the GameCube, where everybody railed against it. There, was, there seemed to be no uh, third party support. Everybody was saying, "Oh my gosh, they're languishing behind the other two consoles right. as far as sales go." And yet, some of the best games of the generation came out on that console. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen with the Wii U. It's 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 not going to compete in terms of sales. It's going to be the a distant third for this entire generation and yet i think some of my favorite gaming experiences are going to happen on this console just because nintendo makes freaking awesome games and i'm going to be glad i own it they they added golf to sports club which is strange strangely i mean it's a strange implementation well uh, i think it's so actually as someone who like the the potential to play golf and keep your you know, just to teach yourself to keep your head down right kind of cool Okay. It look it looks strange and i just you, if you play golf that's where you're supposed to be looking right and the whole idea of keeping your head down and your chin tucked in and, right. and all those things. Which I have a major problem with playing golf, honestly. So this could be... But I'm not going to practice on my Wii U. It could totally help you. <laughs> Maybe. It no, totally the, weight, you. the weight's off. Swinging. The weight is way off. But it could keep you help you keep your chin down. Well, so could going... To, I mean... So we go to the driving range, yes. After the last time I was on and calling the 3DS uh, S-H-I-T-T-Y piece of hardware... I mean, I feel bad railing against the Wii U, but... But I you're going to do it again. Well, no, I mean, I just feel like, Jeff, I don't disagree that maybe it'll be like the GameCube and that there'll be some great experiences on it, but best of the gener... I just... Mario is, is good, and the, the Zelda game will be good, and... And maybe there'll be some amazing Metroid game that comes out, and maybe there'll be some... some you know, Wonderful 101 shows shows the kind of promise that exists when Nintendo okay. steps outside of its... I want to call you on that. How would you put wonderful 101 next week we're going to be doing game of no, the Year I, stuff did wonderful 101 no. even come into your mind no but i think that the console where i'm likely to find uh these interesting experiences that are sort of outside the box yes there's going to be a lot of indie stuff on both of uh the you know the sony and microsoft console which is going to showcase that kind of ingenuity and creativity as well but uh you know Things like Beautiful Joe from from the GameCube era. Well, Beautiful Joe is great. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's where, a lot. Of, where is the Beautiful Joe? Well, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you guys that the the, sh- the thing needs more software. I'm not disagreeing with you that Nintendo does it a disservice by not having or if more not games more, ready. It needs, it needs those sorts of games to to hop in there. It, I just think that it's going to it's. Nintendo is playing a different game and it's it's a it's probably a less wise game and a less uh, lucrative game but it is a a different kind of game. They this is the box that unfortunately tends to be the one that's just made for Nintendo type experiences and those experiences I really enjoy. All right, well then you have the perfect game coming out. It's out already evidently in Remix. Well NES- that it, that that's you don't like that it's 15 bucks that should Dude, not be 15 bucks this is this is to me the perfect use of eShop 
I guess, but it, it, it and it's an it's an interesting creative idea of of it's mixing together. Right. It's yeah. so wow. We are. It's so weird how different we are. Do you think it's worth things. fifteen bucks for that experience? I, you know what? 15- when they charge $8 for a NES game or whatever it is. I mean, Nintendo's value proposition for their downloadable games has never been there for their right. back catalog. And they resell it to you with every system. For this to be $15, I feel like is, they're like, <laughs> we nailed that price point. 15 puts it right at the threshold for me. I wouldn't, I definitely, I mean, I agree that it's a little high. Would you but- pay $15 if it were on iPad? No, nobody would. But it, but so, it's, but it's also because it would have property sticks and, and I would hate yeah, it. <laughs> I mean, but that like that like it's like uh, probably not. But like that that's sort of like the mentality that I feel like we should judge. I would those pay fifteen bucks if it was on iPad and I could airplay it to my TV and use a proper controller with it. I mean, so if it's so if the situation were equal that I could play it in a reasonably fun and familiar way, of course, then there would be there'd be apples to apples. But it's not apples to apples. It's like, do I want to play? Those? Okay, if, if 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 through some weird magic it was on Vita and it's on a handheld system with buttons, right? Or even 3ds. Okay, if it was on 3ds, is it worth fifteen? Would I pay fifteen bucks for a Sony? remix in similar form no no we're talking about this game specifically this the the nes remix it should be half that price yeah, look if i had a wii u i'd go buy this i mean for 15 bucks like because the argument that i'm hearing right now is that well nintendo downloadable games tend to be expensive so 15 dollars sounds about right like that that shouldn't be right I agree. that I shouldn't nintendo be the argument is, right is the abusive boyfriend or girlfriend and and they they come back with just enough sweetness and they're like here's a new mario and like this is really good and then they beat the crap out of you for a year and then they come back with the Zelda. You're like, oh, this is good. Well, how are they beating the crap they out of be- you? Because there's there's just a desert, and and they overpromise. Where the heck they're is the new? They're not beating you. They're just not having sex with you. Where- <laughs> they're emotionally. Be- Where's the new Epic Yarn game? Well, that where the Kirby hell- game for 3DS looks fucking where awesome. The- well, when is it going to come out? When Mario Kart? They showed it's another be a level tra- in a Sonic game. Seriously, they showed another trailer for Mario Kart. Oh, Smash Brothers! They well, announced was a Smash. It was stop a, it, Nintendo! It was a Smash stop Brothers it. Wait, wait, trailer wait, wait, wait. with a mashup of Mario Kart. Let's. Game. I want to deal with this righteous indignation, and we got to go to break. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's deal with this because uh, you are. I am of the opinion that honestly, I would prefer games not to come out until they're awesome, and I think that's kind of the Nintendo way now. Maybe your gripe is that we know too much about them too soon, and you've been teasing us about Smash Brothers for a long time, and maybe the tease shouldn't have... It should have been a Beyonce uh, Ooh, album drop, album. Yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, because, like, really a lot of people... I'm sure a lot of people did buy Wii U just for the promise of Smash Brothers. But right? honestly, that's so Nintendo that, twerking. That uh, retro thing is a Beyonce drop. They're like, hey, there's this retro mashup game, and it's available right now today. Go download it. You can do My it. My problem with Which, Nintendo yeah, is... I, I, I like that their games come out and they're almost always magnificent. My problem is, what the hell were they doing seven years ago? Like, why can't they project their futures or prepare for launches better? Are they really that strapped that they, they just finished the one thing that's taking them this long? They, 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 Scrooge McDuck count all that fucking win, Wii money. They were <laughs> also, also, let's not forget that money. seven years ago, they didn't know what the internet was. And, and the internet was around a lot longer than that. I mean, we can, be, we can all take be, too long. And I know I'm being a, a Scrooge on this, but that's the problem is that I want well, the games to come out when they're good, but they shouldn't take this long. What actually Other good happened, games come out way quicker than what that. What actually happened is the Wii U 
was announced. They got all these partnerships for all these third parties, and they went, this is going to be the finally to be the HD box that's for hardcore gamers, and we're going to get all these partnerships. And Ubisoft was like out in front, like, we're going to do this, we're going to do yep. that, we're going to do this. Yep. And then it, it, the, they launched the box, and it didn't sell, and the games, the third-party games didn't sell even more. And all the third-party publishers went, well, we're not putting anything else out on that. And Nintendo went, oh, we don't have enough well, shit to put out on it. That was, that, I'm not you know saying what, that's that interesting. That's, Imagine right now if Xbox One didn't have any third-party games or all the third-party games projected or, a, or a year Sony. and a half from now. If you thought a year and a half from now, suddenly, well, Sony has a few more studios. They do internal. have a few more they studios. Do a little more, either, Sony does internal stuff. Microsoft doesn't hardly do anything internal anymore. Right. If Microsoft were to lose third-party support for holiday 2014 and beyond, the one would be a train wreck. But that's stupid of Nintendo then, because when Reggie walked on that stage at that E3, whatever it was, two years ago, like, this is for you. We've got great third-party partnerships, and people were clapping for Mass yep. Effect 3, yep. Batman, Arkham and City. EA, EA's abandoned them. And games that were already out. And it's just, what did they believe that people wanted that? That people only had a Wii and were like, I'm waiting for Batman to come to a Nintendo. That's just, it's, it's, it's dumb. Well, look, you know what? It's a longer story than that, because I think part of this also just gets into silly retail stuff, where... You know, they didn't do a good job of positioning the new Wii U as sure. a, as your home console. They didn't do a good job of supporting those third-party releases. They did some. But if you look look at the amount, when Sony gets behind a title like they did with Black Flag, look at how much you start to just think of it even as just a PS4 title. It's like it becomes such a part of what they're selling, right? Like Black mm-hmm. Flag became the big P, became a big PS4 title. And Mass Effect could have been there, but the problem was then it was already out on other consoles, and then they didn't have anything to project forward from there. So just a number of stumbles. I, I think, honestly, I think Andrew hit the nail on the head with what the actual problem with the Wii U is, is that they got caught up in this handheld, portable, sort of uh, personalized, uh, asynchronous, uh, or not asynchronous, but... Um, uh, with dual asymm- screen, yeah, asymmetrical sort of uh, multiplayer thing, and allowing freeing up the home television and the family and all that stuff, and put a lot of eggs in this in this handheld basket of uh, linking this uh, controller to the machine and increasing the cost of the Wii U. If the Wii U had come out as an HD version of a Nintendo console with a regular co- controller, and it was much cheaper than the competition we would be seeing we like numbers for it and it would be selling like gangbusters even with its sparse lineup right i pronounced sparse weird sparse uh, sparse lineup it's like it's part of I mean, sparse uh uh it even with it even be, with its software lineup right now it would be selling like gangbusters i don't know if it'd be gangbusters but it would certainly sell better presumably be like 50 to 100 cheaper right out, right out of the and 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 also it's price it was, point. Also it would be less confusing because how many people still think that Wii U is a gamepad accessory? Have for you Wii? seen the commercial <laughs> that's running right now? They call the Wii U an upgrade three times in the commercial. In the in the current holiday commercial, they call it an upgrade. Like it's not an upgrade? That's bizarre. That's Dude, bizarre. All Beyonce wants is an upgrade. Well, I mean, she can have one if it's just a new system without the gamepad. People will be like, "Oh, it's it must be like a it must be a new system." It's like when it, you know Apple releases a new iPad, but right. the fact that there is a gamepad, it's like, "Oh, so I, I guess that's the controller 
and I can still use it on my old Wii. And like, I think there's there is a little bit of that that confusion that goes on. Yeah, their attempt to clarify things didn't really clarify things there, so well. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the name necessarily helps, but that's only because of of the confusion around the uh, around the tablet. I think if the tablet w- wasn't there and they still called it Wii U, people would be like, oh, okay, whatever. We live in a world where Xbox One is a viable name for a console. <laughs> All right, I I'm just I'm just saying to just to wrap this up. I'm just saying that. They did a lot of things wrong. There's a lot to criticize for this launch, but I don't understand the yelling at them to get get more games out. It's like, you know. And and for me, I I sort of love that Nintendo's on the ropes here because I loved their GameCube games, and that's when they were in last place. And I feel like Nintendo brings their A game. That's an interesting point. when 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 they're in last place, when they're struggling... That's when they make the best games. Fuels the fires. Because if you think about Nintendo's first party output during the Wii era, they really didn't give a shit about <laughs> hardcore gamers. I Galaxy. Mean, Galaxy was amazing, yeah. yeah. And that was a young new team and like and they're still making great stuff, but but really I think uh Metroid. You you sort of need that sword. you sort of need that uh fire underneath uh Nintendo in order for, for them to really do their best. All right, we're going to restoke this fire so we can come back with the 3DS stuff when we get back from break, and then we have a lot more still to get through. Don't go anywhere. Your weekend before Christmas, weekend confirmed, will continue. All right, so it might not have enough time left to get it for a Christmas gift, but many of you will get, uh, you know, money, I guess, for Christmas. It is it is the gift of uh, all gifts, the gift of kings. They shall <laughs> bring you a ransom of money. Uh, frankincense, yes. myrrh, New PC. That's what new I think. PC. Yeah, yeah, if you're a real PC. wise man, you would uh, want a new PC for Christmas. And as you know, uh, great new sponsor. Or I guess they're no longer new. Great sponsor of the show. Very happy to have them here with us. Doghouse Computers. Both Jeff and I uh, play our games on our Doghouse PCs, which we love very much. And this would be a great time if you are in the market to go look at their site, doghousepcs.com. Or actually, Doghouse, Doghouse Systems. P- systems. Right? Yeah. I have it right here. I should actually make sure that I have that right. Doghousesystems.com. There you go. The right place to go. (laughs) Anyway, they do a full line. They they show you a bunch of pre-configured systems. They have a number of uh, different cases you can go into. As I've talked about before, I went into the uh, big mid tower because I needed a big tower, and I got the adorable cube. I like my cube actually. It's very cool looking. I like my tower. You know, the thing is, the you're uh, a little country. I'm a little rock and roll. uh, I think I'm more rock and roll. All right, I don't know. Uh, so the thing is, they use all the sort of industry standard components that if you were sitting there choosing, I want to build like this, this is what I would build with. You know, my case is a Cooler Master t- Tower, and it's it's a really nicely done one. And they used a very nice closed loop uh, liquid cooling system on the CPU. And, yeah, the construction and- quality is really what my favorite part of buying from them is, because I could build my own computer. I have done. Yeah. but. These guys do it right. <laughs> they take the time. They take the care. They have the uh, expertise to really put it together, test it. They have a burn-in period for the for the computers, and they have support if anything goes wrong. It is it is a machine that when I pop the door on it to you know every so often clean it out and just make sure everything's happy inside there. I go. It's like that scene in Pulp Fiction where it's just gold shining on your face, just like Aww. I just. Uh, it's, it's not like that. It's just I sort of look at it and go, yeah, if I built machines all day long this would be what i would want my machines to look like right. and and i remember like when i used to make my own i'd be all particular about you know i'm gonna get the i'm gonna get the thermal paste onto the cpu just right I'm about my, you know what i don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore and i'm yeah. very 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 happy super excited and and happy to have 
a dog house system. And they've got shirts to give away of ours. They, they do indeed. So uh, if you use code TGIF at your purchase, you'll get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt. It's the only way to get them at this point and a $30 credit on slashloot.com. Uh, as we said, they have a bunch of different systems from performance laptops through cubes through uh, full on, you know, tower systems you're looking at me funny Jeff. no it's, I think it's funny i have that tower I love by the it. way the towers do not have neon lights and all that bullshit it's yeah it is they look cool and i and by the way if you have i didn't bullshit is not the nice thing to say i should say it's not that kind of system although i think you can get system lighting inside of it because you can get a window door on it anyway doghousesystems.com for high-end powerful gaming computers all right thank you very much to doghouse systems love having you guys as a sponsor so we got caught up there a little bit in the uh, Wii U discussion. Yeah. We want to move on to 3DS because 3DS really was the star of this presentation, I think. Kirby. And I know you're a Kirby guy. So oh they showed God, they so showed awesome. uh, Kirby Triple Deluxe, which I have to I, like Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction just sort of kicking in there. Everyone had a Kirby. Uh, tri- you know what they call a Kirby in. Uh, you know what they call a Kirby, Kirby Triple Deluxe in, in, in Paris? No, I have to yeah, uh, it does look. It Kirby looks so good. Looks Royale and the, that that dude. Uh, I love I love Kirby games because they're always so creative and so different from one another. This the art style looks vibrant and awesome. And if you have not seen this game before, it is a it is a classic side scrolling action game, right? But as they have done uh, with Mario, they've added the three dizzle. They added the well. It's two point five dizzle. It's kinda. the layering. It's the yeah. it's the sort of you know shadow box layering effect where they have you know a foreground, main track, and background. Yeah. And then I liked a lot of what they were showing you. The sort of that next step forward with a lot of um, a lot of coming at you in the screen, right? Enemies and and environmental hazards and things for you to do. So that's that's a very cool inclusion, I think. Yeah, and he's got this new giant suck ability where he can suck super turbo suck sucking down like gigantic things in the environment which yeah, looks the only thing that worries me about that is they were very clear to point out that the turbo suction mode thing was a only available in special places thing right. and yeah. that's sort of like then it's sort of a gimmick thing right you know oh yeah. i'm at the spot where i use the special rainbow yeah. rainbow yarf right <laughs> yeah but it still looked awesome when he was like choking down an entire wall of you know a pillar in the environment and then eh, that's cool that's cool yeah. and uh I'm I'm gonna play the crap out of that game. I I have fa- re-fallen in love with my 3ds. Through there was a, there was, so there was a number of cool other things about that. So they, first, they they I like how they sort of went through the progression here because then they showed you know Kirby with the whole rhino helmet thing on. Mm-hmm. So was like, that was kind of cool. Then with the bells attack, which was kind of cool. Right. And then they sort of did the old apple. And one more thing, there's two extra modes. Right. And the the Kirby smash thing. This is called Kirby Fighters. It's another mode in the game, and it, and essentially it's four player Smash Brothers with Kirby's, and each of the Kirby's gets its own gets to choose, each of the players gets to choose a Kirby with its unique attack, and so you have this diversity of different Kirby attacks inside the play arena, and it's single player or multiplayer, and oh my god, it's multiplayer like you connect over the internet, dude. Spicer internet, strangely quiet, shitty, too shitty for you, shitty walk. I just food. disagree with it every... No, I think it's great. It, it it frustrates me to see... Not that I don't want there to be great games on the 3DS, but it just every time there's a great game on the 3DS, it just frustrates me. Like Maybe they can only do one console. Maybe Nintendo <laughs> can't handle having two consoles. Well, out. They clearly have a lot of internal power tied up in it. And then, then when you get another game mode in there as well, DDD's Drum Quest. That's a lot sorry, of DDD's. Drum Dash. Yeah. DDD's. Drum Dash, yeah. which looks like a kind of uh, rhythm platforming game. Mm-hmm. Where Yoon's like, being quiet, too. Yeah, but he just doesn't care. 
Yeah, I'm also actually playing this game right now. <laughs> cookie clickering. Are you, are you cookie, cookie clickering? If you're cookie clickering, you all see yourself out, sir. I said good day. I need to get the prestige, my God. <laughs> but I love Kirby games. Epic Yarn was awesome. And I think the, my favorite thing about Kirby is that his franchise trademark is that he doesn't have a franchise trademark. Other yeah. than that, like, there's some form of a sucking, like, He's an amorphous ability. blob who will, who will transform into whatever the game requires. Yeah, and I really like that. Whereas some of the other characters, it's like Zelda is a very... They're great games often, but a very type of game that it is. And Kirby, they're like, oh, we have this great game. Uh, Kirby! <laughs> Make it a Kirby game. That's great. Yeah. All right, not a lot else to say about that. Not too much terribly more to say about uh, Yoshi's New Island. I, you know, the, the trailer looks great. It's due spring 2014. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it, th- there's not much to add to that that we hadn't already seen. So I think that we kind of just can move on from that one. Unless he laid a giant egg. That was kind of cool. He ate a giant egg. He did. You know, that's sort of like plays. That's They sort of caught on to that, in, it seems like, in Galaxy and have just sort of like taken that theme now forever. It's like, okay... We can, we can do giant size. Giant <laughs> size is fun. Uh, how about this new Chibi Robo game that's coming download from the eShop? It's called Chibi Robo Photo Finder. And so I don't think a lot of people played Chibi Robo, but it was a very cool little character of a of a robot who you know runs around with his little electrical plug because he has to go plug into the wall socket every so often to stay charged up. This game is an augmented reality photo scavenger hunt mixed with mini games it's it looks incredibly off the wall it looks incredibly off the wall so the thing is that you're supposed to be going around taking (laughs) pictures so they give you a outline of a silhouette of something and then you go out in the world and find the thing that fits inside that silhouette and take a picture of it and and that way you're capturing items of nostalgia like toilet paper rolls apparently somehow toilet paper rolls are nostalgic memories i thought that was really cool and then they're like we're gonna get pieces of nostalgia and then they like show him taking a picture of the toilet paper roll i'm like what that's nostalgic okay then then it does like the whole augmented reality thing where once the picture is incorporated into the game then you know like it can open a door and chibi robo hops out of the toilet paper roll and he can put it in the game and all that kind of stuff i i thought the idea was super clever and then the toilet paper roll thing made me start to wonder, <laughs> is it going to be so limited by the fact that they have to think of things that everybody can find? Yeah. Well, I think isn't the idea is that you're supposed to think outside the box and fit the world into that shape and figure out Something a cre- else? creative way to use. So you're saying like the barrel of a pencil would fill that sure. space as well, maybe? Yeah, that you I would, don't know. I think that would be the fun of it is thinking, oh my gosh, my mom leaned the broom up against the wall and it kind of looks like this uh, shape that I'm supposed to find, or you know, or my sh- my sock is on top of my shoe, and it sort of looks like you know, it's it's almost like playing with cloud shapes. You know, you're staring up at the clouds, and you're like, oh, that looks like a whale or a dolphin or a other fish mammal, <laughs> other fish <laughs> mammal. Well, you won't have to wait long. It's coming out January 9th in yeah. the eShop, and it'll have a demo version. And then they also show Bravely Default for 3DS, which is uh, a Square Enix's role-playing game that looks really quite clever yeah and and then and i was they introduced this new idea that they have in it called sleep points which uh for every continuous i earn those every night do you do you sleep eight hours i try because every it's every continuous eight hours that your uh dsxl is or 3ds is in uh sleep mode with the game on you'll earn a sleep point and your sleep points can be used for all kinds of cool stuff in the game. You can use them for like extra powered up attacks. You can use them like a phoenix down for resurrection. But then they like dropped the the other foot, which was Reggie said, 
Oh, and by the way, if you don't want to wait for them, you can buy potions on the eShop to refill your sleep points. Hi, microtransactions. <laughs> What's up? What's happening? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Everywhere. Oh, my God. Just shoot me. And and it, it is that classic, uh, you and don't play the game for a while. We want you to not play the game or buy the ability to have not played the game. It, that's exactly it. It's so fucked up. But that's how a lot of these iOS games are, too, where it's like, you've played enough of this. You can't play until tomorrow, or you can buy the ability to pretend like you but haven't it's a little played backwards it tomorrow. From, but it's a little backwards from that here. Yeah. It's no, even, it's, it's even it's, more weird. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. Purchase not purchase playing. The, purchase the ability to not play. <laughs> yeah. I just saw it as at first that they wanted to make sure that your 3DS was charged so you could play this game. They're like, hey, go charge it. You get points from charge making points. sure and of course, <laughs> your 3DS Reggie is sits there up. and smiles and says, but I want to be perfectly clear. You don't have to buy these things. But if you do, you'll get all three sleep points recharged with each potion right away. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah. every everyone. Th- this, it's an epidemic. It's an it epidemic of microtransactions and wait if nintendo's doing it then it can't be that evil right (laughs) (laughs) nintendo's doing it but it's adorable i also (laughs) like the idea i also really like this sort of almost like suikoden like street pass thing that they have going on where you collect warriors by street passing with people i think that could be really cool Mm -hmm. i also so this game comes out on february 7th but one thing they're doing that's really really clever is the demo comes out on january 2nd which is awesome for those of you on break because it'll come out the day after New Year's Eve, so or day after New Year's Day, so you'll still probably have some time off to play it. And it's not really; it, it's a totally separate free side story. Hmm. So oh, that's you, cool. You've so got a month to play this side story. Yeah, it it will not in any way detract from your enjoyment of the main game, and it should enhance it because you're not just going to be playing part of the game and then go, "Oh, I played this part already." It's an entirely separate adventure. It will let you gain things that will transfer into the main game. And it'll give you like a full slice of everything that's in the game. I think that's really cool. If you have the development wherewithal to make a standalone free demo that is like that, that is awesome. I'm super excited about that part. I, I agree. Super, I, think I more, really want to support that. I wish more games did that. It honestly. is such a cool idea, especially for a role-playing game. It's like, hey, you know what? You know how we you know how we do the prologue for this? Right. We make the prologue a demo, mm-hmm. and it's free. And Come if you didn't it. get the demo, you can play the... I, I think that'd be smart to like include it in the game where it's like, do you want to play this prologue or not? You know, so if, oh, if that's you don't a good idea. So demo. if you just bought the game, then it would automatically have it. Because what if you're not in... What if you're not someplace where you can download it off the yeah. eShop? You know, you're, like, you're a cartridge buyer, which is even more common likely for, for handheld players, right? Especially, you know, kids who may not have the Wi-Fi enabled or whatever their parents do. Hmm. 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 Things let me go home. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about 3DS in 2014. And this is why I started off this whole thing about the whole Nintendo Direct saying 3DS really was the, you know, even despite, I think, I think that Nintendo looked at that and said, we are finishing with a, with a video that has Mario Kart 8 and Smash Brothers in it. They're going to be so excited. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've seen this teaser stuff before. That's fine. The stuff they showed me for 3DS, that was what got me excited. Yeah. That was like, I was like. Man, maybe I do wish I got that 3DS XL. I should, I should have probably thought about that. It's 150 at Target like this again? Yes. Week. Yeah. Again. This week. Or next, yeah. whatever. I don't know when it is. It just started yesterday, I think, okay. for a week. Yeah. Now-ish. Now-ish. <laughs> Now-ish. I, very tempted. I, but you can't buy it online. You have to actually go into the store. Why do they do that? But maybe that is part of my frustration with Nintendo is, and, may, and I know other publishers are guilty of this too, uh, or other developers, but other consoles have more games coming out so it seems less frustrating 
but like the Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, we've seen these things for so long and they're still not out. And on the 3DS, it's great. Like they announce these games and they're coming out soon, and that's fun and exciting. And the other stuff is just it's frustrating when you that's the thing you want, and it's so long until it comes out, and there's nothing to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Whereas like yeah, it sucked that um, infamous Second Son got pushed, and they showed it you know pretty early, and now you have to wait or, or Watch Dogs and stuff like that. But there are in my opinion, other games coming along to kind of distract you. But when these Nintendo flagships or, you know, tentpole games are the thing, it sucks when that tentpole is so far away. What's the other game that's coming out to distract you from Infamous? Distract me? Well, I've been playing a lot of Gran Turismo 6. Mm, It's a a fantastic game. For a different console. Sure. Right. So what is the other game that's coming out that's distracting you from Infamous? What are you looking for? The, fishing for? For the PlayStation 4? What are you fishing for? Well, you said that they pushed Infamous, and so... Right. right. So I have are, say, are you saying, okay, I got it. I was I was, uh, I was, was trolling you. Just hey, Jeff Canada, rivalry. Confirm. Confirm. <laughs> okay, Point Spicer. <laughs> what? There was no yes. point. I just... Woohoo! You, you I just actually, feebly... You just negative pointed, so that's sort of point <laughs> Spicer. We don't do pointed. negative points. Exactly. Negative exactly. It is tempting, though, because one of the things that I realized while playing... Uh, on the plane over this past weekend is that the difference between playing on a standard size DS or 3DS and an XL size one is really huge for me. I really find it much more enjoyable to play on the larger screen size because mm-hmm. I was playing my, like I said, I was talking about my, I was playing my DS XL and instead of being annoyed and put off by like playing on this little thing, I was completely non-aware of the hardware platform i was just playing the game now part of it is the game obviously it's a super immersive game if you know if you have not played nine hours nine person nine doors it came out three years ago it was the uh the well the first game in the series that now went on to spawn uh uh zero escape virtues last reward is that it is that the whole title of that so. the vita game that came out and then they rebranded 999 that also right to make it did part- they add the zeros part i think they did i okay. could be mistaken so the game is so if you have heard about this before or you played the Vita game and you have held off, you should absolutely go get this game. It is so people have told me that I would love it and they were so right. It is it is such an interesting and I think it's also timely to talk about this as we're getting ready to also talk about The Walking Dead. Because these games all share something in common in, in how strong their narrative is and how important those pieces are and how the actual play aspect of interacting with the game isn't just isn't the only thing mm-hmm. you know there's there's it's it's part of it and in and in 999 what's really fascinating about it is it, it's is that it there's a very clear dividing line there are parts of the game that are the novel there are parts right. of the game where you are just you are simply reading the story and the story has dialogue and the characters are speaking back and forth and there's a narrator and you're you know you're picking up on all that and you're just playing along and, and there are on occasion some light decision like, you know, there are they there are some branching points or some places where you make choices as to what pieces of the story will be revealed to you but on the whole you are in essence reading a book on a different platform and then all of a sudden it changes and you're in a full-on old school adventure game. You're in a full-on, you know, hunt around an environment, find some things, figure out logically what things go together to make complex things that will then activate something to get you out. Or find a puzzle and sort out, okay, what's the logic behind this puzzle? Is it, you know, an, is it a numeric progression? Is it a, you know, a series of 
geometry shapes that go together somehow? Is it, you know, levers and, and switches or, you know, those sort of things. And those are all, you know, fun engagements. But it's not Professor Layton either. It's not where it's like really trying to bust your balls with that. Those pieces are really richly feeding the story because it makes sense the degree of difficulty that they have to them. It makes sense the way they interact with the world. And it makes sense that that they are solvable because ultimately if they weren't solvable, you can progress the story and they don't want to stop you from progressing the story at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of, kind of, I feel like I kind of walked through a, a long description there. Where are you? I, I, I've been super interested in this game, but I feel like I don't have the patience because everything I've heard is you have to play it multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. You have to get so the full experience. Yeah. Well, and absolutely because there's something that happens and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. And the something that happens is, is after the first, yeah, you have to play through at least, I understand it's at least three times, but then there's multiple charts that also show you like all the other possible permutations. So where, where are you? Uh, past the oh shit. Okay. And I don't really want to spoil it. Oh no, yeah, don't spoil it. I, mean, I just meant that, like. But I do want to, I do want to share this piece, that, you know, to get an understanding for what the game is like. If you, you know, some people will compare it to uh, flicks like Saw. It's not, it's not, um torture porn sort of horror it's more psycho thriller sort of stuff the basic plot story is that the protagonist that you're playing um wakes up in a room doesn't know anything about where he is and and very quickly finds out that he's in a sort of hostile like game where he and the other players have to try and escape with their lives and there's a person or you know there's someone who's running the game sort of tormenting them and it, it, that's that's a really cool setup. And it's especially cool setup when it's but it requires to be done very well. And I think the other thing that's really stands out to me, and and I was actually I was talking to Andrew about this earlier. It's like I don't know whether it's my desire for video games to be effective storytellers overriding what I'm seeing or not, but I feel like this game does hit really well in doing things that we knock other games for in places like character development. You know, the, the characters in this game. You get to know them, and what what starts off in 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 a sort of light world, you know, as you you sort of get to know them, and at the same time that you're coming to grips with the situation, they're coming to grips with the situation. So once you get a few hours into it, and things start to get tense, you're starting to get tense with the game as well, and it all is working along very well, and you understand suddenly why. Yeah, you know what? When it's coming down to the line. These people, like, uh, I don't know what sort of decisions I would make because eventually I want to get my ass out of here and I want to be alive. And, you know, it's just very, it's just very nicely interwoven there. It is, it's, Does it make it clear, and again, haven't played it, apologies, that you need to replay it or is that a thing that if oh, you... Oh, you won't have any doubt about that. Okay. Yeah, you won't have any doubt about that. That was my concern that. about hearing about people no, talking about it. It's like, wait. You won't have any doubt about that. Did cool. you ever try device six? No, I didn't. I think they, based on your enthusiasm for That's this, the one where you read around the screen and then yeah. things well, get really re- crazy. It's reading around the screen because you're walking that way. Like that, it's, I it, love that idea. It's very clever. And the puzzles are, I feel, probably more difficult and challenging than that game sounds like. But I think if you like... Which is not to say this game has easy puzzles, but it has puzzles oftentimes that are old school adventure ones where, yeah. uh, you know what, I, I must be missing something. I'm going to go back and look through everything here really carefully. I think you should give Device 6 a... Like a you should go. definitely use the stylus playing this game because mm. because you have to like pick out... Sometimes you have to pick out very small parts of the screen and that's fine. I mean, it works. It, it, I just would say this. 
it's really good and i like the fact that the puzzles aren't too hard i don't know that i want device six if the puzzles are hard well they're hard just because it requires actual thinking it requires paying attention it requires you you get to the end and you're like oh i guess there's a puzzle here because i don't know what to do next it's more like i've enjoyed professor layton's but eventually i wind up putting them down because just back to back to back to back to back to back puzzling sort of but that's different. I mean, very different me because those are those are like, you know, here's a puzzle. Do it. Right. But th- this this game is more like, well, figure out how to get how to move move on because the mm. game isn't holding your hand and telling you how to move on. Maybe it's, I would it's interesting. Like that. Yeah, I, I think you should give it a shot. Maybe I would like that. Yeah. Christian, do you have a DS still? Yeah, I have it. I have a DS and um, I, this I know I won't play it. You know oh. what I mean? Like, I'm super interested, yeah. but just being honest with myself. I know that Jeff Kanata is an idiot. And just when I realize that, that I won't, mother <laughs> that I won't, I just know I won't play it. I think I'd get into it. Like, this is awesome. And then what I often do with this type of game is I put it down because I'm like, I mean, right now I've been bouncing back between GT6 and still playing Need for Speed because uh, I'm a big Mustang fan. How do you jump between those well, two? Well, that's what I'm saying. Even that, I'm like, oh, th- th- th-, and then I know that I'd have 999 sitting around and I'd pick it up and be like, wait, where, what am I? I don't, uh, and I would just never You wouldn't get want back to do to that. It. Right. But I, but here's the thing is that as someone this this game immediately replaced what I was reading in my Kindle because it has that sort of pull. This is more it, this is closer to me to getting pulled into a reading a book experience that's a little bit interactive than it is more of playing a game. Hmm. And I think I really like that. That's cool. And I think that that's not exactly like Walking Dead because Walking Dead they have worked very hard to incorporate mechanics but I worry that sometimes they're starting to just replicate those mechanics all the time. Well, I I don't know how Andrew feels, but uh, having, you can read his review. Having oh, having played um, the first episode, I'm so excited that this is back because it is it's awesome, and and it, it I remember how awesome it is, and it does a lot of stuff to remind you, like oh, you had this fucking epic experience. Where are you playing this? In my house on PC, <laughs> yeah. Did you play season one on PC? I did, and I had to specifically go back and uh, get my saves. Like I, I had saved my saves uh, because I had changed computers between then, and um, was really worried because it wasn't recognizing. So there were some hoops I had to jump through. I, at a certain point, after it wasn't recognizing my saves uh, for a little while, I was like, I don't think I'm going to play this. That's I, my I, concern. I don't want to play on 360 because at some point I'm going to want to retire that box. But yeah. I, I just don't know, like, how much do I lose? By... So I, I wasn't able to import a save because I played on PS3 and then I played on PC for mm-hmm. Season 2. Uh, and so they do give you randomized choices. Right, and then they show you what, what those choices yeah, are. Yeah, so they have a previously on, and so yeah. you get to see what uh, choices are made for you uh, in Season 1. And oddly, I guess mostly followed like exactly what i had done oh, funny. in in season one so like i actually did feel a continuity like and clementine will still like talk about things that did actually happen to me in my own game yeah. so like i was like oh that that's pretty cool and and this thing is uh you know broad strokes wise i mean everyone experienced the same thing right right you know like like in episode five you're pretty much gonna get the same ending no matter what you know sure but uh, I just don't know, right. like, you know, she remembers that and she doesn't trust people or whatever, like, if that would... Because they weren't as meaningful because you just made choices as opposed to having made them in the flow of the game. I think right. I would just not be interested in playing the game if I couldn't have my So, yeah, interestingly, uh, I gave... I'm like, hey, review codes are out. I gave 
the rest of the team opportunity to play. And no one volunteered, being like, no, I because no one played on PC, so they mm-hmm. wanted to import their save file. And like, yeah, I'm right. glad I played on PC because uh, it, it made it. I mean, it was I had like I said, I had some hoops to jump through, and I was nervous, but I eventually figured it out. Uh, actually, Telltale put out a fact about how to do it, and unfortunately, it's really not easy as far as um, like if if you if you've changed computers, it you could have fucked yourself because if it's really not that interesting. But basically, if your username is different on this computer than it was on the old computer, there's just no way to use your old saves. Oh, you just wow. can't use them. So that's kind of a bummer. But um, and that, they didn't make that clear in the first game. You know, it's like. Some someone did point out like how many choices are they keeping track of and why can't you just input like a text password? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> or just go through a binary and just be like, I did this, I killed this guy, I did this, I did this. Yeah, I did like this. or you know, have that like Mass Effect three thing yeah. where like you just have a comic book that summarizes the previous games and just like, yeah, no, this is what I did. You yeah. know? Is this game different at all? Aside from the story obviously being new, it, have they in this first chapter introduced new gameplay mechanics or techniques or well, animation smoothed over or is it more of the same which is great but it's more of the same i love how the interface has changed because you are playing as a different character which i think is cool that like oh i'm a different person sure um so i see my hud in a different way yeah i just think that's a nice little thing <laughs> um but i also love that <laughs> right at the be- i'm not gonna do any spoilers i promise guys uh Right at the beginning, she dies, and I was just thrown for a loop. <laughs> uh, right at the beginning, actually, you should you should joke about that because anything can happen. Yeah. Everybody knows I haven't played the game, so I'm just pulling stuff <laughs> but, out of air. But, but she totally dies. But <laughs> what what they do make clear right at the beginning is this ain't any less dark, guys. Mm. This is still a fucking dark story, and right at the beginning, you are that is made clear. Uh, and I also love they do some really subversive, uh, subverting your your uh, expectations on a certain couple of things. Because there was a moment where I was like, oh, no. And then they from flip a, it. Oh, it's from so a cool. gameplay perspective, it is mostly the same. But uh, one thing that I noticed is different is um, the fight sequences uh, are um, a bit more interactive. Uh, so there's more branching. Similarly, though, uh, no, because in uh, in the first season, essentially, if you failed a QTE, that was it. You, yeah, you you died, and then you just had to redo that QTE. There's a little bit more branching. It's a little bit more like Heavy Rain, where oh, cool. uh, you know, like let's say you're you Clementine's on the ground, and she can like look left, and she can look right, and there's two different options. And so, so like having played that that sequence like multiple times, I'm like, okay, well, choosing the left left option does result in something else, and it's. It's not like a choose your own adventure where like, oh, you went for the rock. Spikes. Now you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it's it's not that way, but there's a little bit more flex flexibility where like if you, you know, fail a certain QTE, it won't necessarily mean automatic game over. It just means that the fight is slightly different. It's not it's not as complicated as in Heavy Rain because in Heavy Rain, like they you could do a lot of different things right. in the, within the framework of the QTEs. Uh, you will still see a game over screen if you like you know, fuck up too many QTs or specific QTs. But uh, I, I did appreciate that there was at least a little bit more flexibility to how I could approach. Uh, I also fight. loved how how graphically they communicate uh, Clementine being slightly older. Like yeah. she really does look a little older. And with that very simplistic What sort of passage of time are we talking about? I don't know. If that's months. A, yeah, okay. Oh. I wasn't going to say, but yes. So, mm. but 
at that age, you at that 18 age, months you would, is you would a big actually, difference. You would totally notice it. Right, yeah. but she's not an adult, and, and, and it's very that very simplistic painted look, but they still communicate like she's a little older. She's... Of course, having switched platforms, I have no idea if, if the game looks better. Like, to me, it looks better, but jumping to PC, like, it's like, yeah. of course it's going to look better. It looks similar. I, I think that the game is gorgeous, and it was gorgeous in season one as well. So, Are you guys playing the Wolf of Wall Street Among Us also? <laughs> the I feel, Wolf of Wall Street Among Us. I feel us. like with these people, you guys talked about it last week, so I'm with so many Telltale games, and they're both on chapter one, is that... One, are you guys, either one of you playing The Wolf Among Us, and is that detracting from this story, like juggling those well, two does, stories? Can you watch two television shows at the same time? No. <laughs> That's a bummer for you. <laughs> what TV show are you watching right now? Yeah, well, Agents Mash. of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it sucks. <laughs> I picked the wrong <laughs> the wrong show. No, I, I understand your point, but like these are very similar... Like tough decision, you get. I don't. Whatever. Fine. Point, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I got the negative. Oh my goodness. Well, Why? I think that I think that's a conversation that you and I were having earlier about Telltale's going to have a lot of very similar games right. uh, coming out in the pipeline. Will it end up being too much? And I think the argument that I made was like, you know what? Yeah, they, they will be very similar, but the people that are playing these games. Yeah, we're hardcore gamers and like we we want to like be fans of Telltale, but the audience that they're really going for are casual gamers that might not like know who Telltale is and don't give a shit, right? So yeah. when the, they're going for franchise fans, yeah, when yeah, when fans when of the, Dead. when the Game of Thrones game comes out, people that love that series will flock to that, even if even if they don't give a shit about the Walking Have Dead. Have sex with your right. sister or your other sister? Ooh, so many choices. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very. Uh... Accurate. It's, accurate. <laughs> it's Game of Thrones. The, uh, the season two, though, it has me excited, and and it's it's very high quality. Did you the blaze stories. through it pretty fast? Well, yeah, I think it's a. They work best as a one sitting experience per per chapter, and uh, that's kind of what I did. But, See, that's the other question. And they also kept me. I mean, it kept me hooked. Do you like the Telltale games better when you just have one chapter and it leaves you hanging? And you're like, oh, I wish there was more. Or do you like them better when they've like finished the season? You can sit down and no, rock very, them. very much. Very much. I like the. Uh, episode to episode because they are i don't know what about two three hour long experiences uh which is a great sitting for me like i don't mm-hmm. like I, I i i enjoy the wait uh, I too, but, yeah. but I, i'm also the freak that like likes watching tv shows when they go go live like i i, I enjoy appointment viewing i and i feel like appointment gaming is is captures that sort of feeling where where you know that other people are experiencing the same thing as you at the same time mm. so you can talk to people about it and that that it's the water cooler effect right where mm-hmm. yeah water cooler effect definitely is very strong on telltale games and i think that it'll be even more so with uh, game of thrones because there's already that built-in mentality of talking about last night's show yeah. that people have already it's gonna be interesting to see on a game that casts its net that wide whether uh, they'll start having trouble as we do on the television show with social media. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think we've had that as much in the walking dead game, but if you watch, if you watch game of Thrones, the show, you know, you gotta be really careful about social media because if you mm-hmm. haven't watched the episode yet, like people immediately like, Oh my God, did you, you're like, shut the hell up. <laughs> well, I think the fact that there's some choice, you know, when you're watching TV, it, it these things are just being subjected to you and you're just like, let me relay that information. You're you're just a passive bystander reporting on what's happening. Right. But when you have that agency in a in an interactive experience, you might you might actually be less inclined to give out spoilers just because, well, that's your experience. Right. You know, maybe other people won't have that experience. That's a great point. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll take a little break. We come back. We got the uh, second half of the weekend confirmed before Christmas still to come. Jeff, can you see what I have right here in my hot little hand? Well, those are socks, but they don't look like ordinary socks. They got some crazy designs on them. Look, I have a dude uh, on a uh, on a shell who's being attacked by a giant octopus out of the ocean. It's red. They, they are red. They're gray and black socks, uh, and they are direct from Foot Cardigan. Com. And yes, this is a serious thing, folks. I love how people are like, is that a real thing? Yes, it is actually a real thing. It's a random pair of crazy socks in your mailbox every month from footcardigan.com. Yeah, these are the uh, the awesome little accent pieces to your wardrobe. And they'll because you're getting a new one every month, you can constantly be changing them up, have unique, interesting things that happen. And I am one of those people that loves having those kinds of things as part of my wardrobe and i think people notice it's cool if you if you read the tag here it's 75 percent combed cotton 20 percent polyester five percent spandex a hundred percent fancy they're very fancy they're very very fancy fancy. they the kind people at foot carter can give us a few i have one that has uh fantasy creatures on it. the yeti did you got dinosaurs up on dinosaurs uh unicorn and they are kind enough to offer our listeners 20% off a foot cardigan pay once subscription if you use code WEEKEND. That is WEEKEND to get you 20% off. They got $2 shipping anywhere in the world. And uh, they put the surprise back in your mailbox by putting the fun on your feet. I don't even know how to follow it up. <laughs> I really don't know how to follow this up. When, those, when these sponsors originally came to us, I'm like, is this for a real thing? And now I'm sitting here it's holding a rad. pair of socks in my hand. I'm like, I have to say, last, pretty fun. last week was our first time doing foot cardigan as a sponsor. And I got so many awesome tweets of people showing me the first foot cardigans that they got. People, oh, really? People signed up. And uh, there's some rad, strange, interesting, fun. It's like grab bag. It's like T-Fury gone crazy. But, it, but they're all pretty cool that's the thing and and you know the, I, I like going to the holidays and wearing holiday socks go put make that part of your life with a every month you get new socks how cool is that foot cardigan all right so there you go folks use the code weekend get your 20 percent off on footcardigan.com all right so diving into the second half of the show i'm looking on the uh feeds out there on the social land looks like a lot of developers are getting surprise boxes from valve probably with steam machines how in cool them. are those boxes though? those are pretty cool the, looking what crates. it comes in yeah pretty neat pretty cool looking crates with some branded symbols on the outside yeah. of it and all that kind of stuff looks like an alien like a area 51 <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do uh if you're going to be listening over the holiday break one of the most fun shows i know you guys out there listening always love it is prediction time you got two weeks to wait for that. We're recording them tomorrow. That's right. So you're just going to have to wait until uh It's going to be Year's festive. Eve. There's going to be tons of guests, some surprises, some drinking. Some drinking. There'll definitely be some drinking. Come on, there'll be some drinking. I, I just hope no one brings a bad fruitcake. There's no reason to have fruitcake. We'll, just, we'll figure out something else. But I think steam boxes will definitely figure into some predictions. There's going to be a lot of interesting... Uh, Mm. of topics around where indie games go what happens with all that you know right now working on the steam platform remember day z the standalone version yeah you can get it now yeah but you don't want to get it early access you don't want to get it now kudos to them for saying up front though they're like don't buy this game like look it's (laughs) it's freaking alpha yeah it's alpha i i kind of don't like not even kind of i actively don't don't like early access as a concept as a we uh, always a concept i really don't i mean p- for me personally i mean if people want to 
do it, more power to them. But I have no interest in playing a game before it's done. I really don't. I'm, I want to have the, the virgin experience with a game to be with the completed game. So I, so that's, that's why you saying. didn't play Battlefield 4 when it came out, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I did. And then you can see my review on NLB. Well, let me tell you, just for a moment, throwing on the developer hat that I get to wear now, mm-hmm. having real players playing it in a, in a live environment world, not not in a room. I mean, like, great, great. there's a lot of places where play tests are awesome. There's a lot of times when you're trying to refine controls or, you know, really detailed analysis on, you know, a certain progression loop and you want to have, you know, someone playing through something in a very controlled environment and take some really close notes and monitor some, you know, points particularly. But having a real audience group playing your game this early on and getting all the data and stuff that you're getting out of that as far as like how players are playing it, what they're hitting, how they're doing it. Yeah. Also the testing. Like, you that never is, get a, a second chance that to make is, a first impression. Oh, no, you don't. But I'm thinking that there's not that many... It's a very interesting proposition. How many people who want to have that great first impression would be interested in green light or, you know, in early access anyway? They're going to wait. I think that people, I, my fear is that most people don't see it that way. They see it as I get to play the game I want to play now instead of having to wait for it. And it's like, no, this isn't the game you want to play. This oh, it's is, not even close. I mean, they're clear about that. Right. But that's not so my, my, my point. The was, hundreds of thousands of people that downloaded DayZ. Yeah. What percentage of them are like? I'm jumping into this not finished game and and giving it the benefit of the doubt. But you see, DayZ is another interesting case in that it was a mod and was constantly under development anyway. And it was a mod for a not so stable core game in the first place that you had to go through a rather, you know, you had to be very particular about how you use it, especially if you were, if, you know, if you bought Arma 2 off Steam and were running DayZ, it was a more complicated matter to get it working. So I remember. I would say a lot, 90, 90% or more. I feel like. The Steam community is, uh, the PC gaming community is typically a more educated or hardcore, whatever term you want to use, gamer. And then if you're diving into Steam and you're looking at early access games, I mean, there are not, there are checks in, in line for people to go. It's not as if you walk into GameStop and it's Daisy and there's posters up for it everywhere right. and right. there's commercials on TV and you go buy it. I think people know what they're getting into. Well, that certainly doesn't bear out based on the comments that people made about well i think part of it is my complaint point that i was going to lead to is 30 bucks yeah 30 bucks at early access is pretty steep and i think that they're probably thinking well we only get to sell the game once so all these people who buy it now you know they're going to buy it for what we want to sell it for because we want to make we got to make that much money out of it my counter argument i think it reinforces my point my counter argument is no because those people are providing you invaluable test data that's going to make your game much, much, much better when you do hit a final launch point. And anybody who's will the fact that but the reason that they are you're ch- not paying these people to come and test your game, they're paying you to test your game for you. But the reason they're charging that much money and thinking that the people are only going to be able to only going to pay once for this game is because people are going to buy it, play it and go, oh, this sucks. And not play it ever. Oh, again. I don't think that's what they're thinking. You don't think that? Oh, I don't think that's what they're thinking. No. I think the people that are bitching about it on Gaff are are the the vocal people that are in this game. Well, they're, they're bitching about it on Shack News as well. I mean, or, about you know, it anywhere uh, online. I think these people will come back to it. I think part of the fun of getting into something like this is 
bitching about it. You know what I mean? Like you're in this early access, you're in it together and it might be broken more than you thought it was going to be broken. And sometimes that's frustrating. You're like, this fucking sucks. But then you get your community of people being like, this fucking sucks. And I by d- that point, SimCity was game of the year. <laughs> no, you're, but that, this that's is like, different though. <laughs> yeah. That's so much fun. It provided you know, for bitching. No, that's oh my God. <laughs> no, no, the fun no, we no, had. No, no, it's, it's true. It's, on, it's bitching. true. It's that's true. You, you join an elite group that's allowed to bitch about stuff like that. And yeah, you're it's 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 wonderful. You, SimCity, you, this is the most you you have a legitimate you way have, of thinking I can no, imagine. You have no. a legitimate excuse. Oh, I paid watch. thirty dollars to be part of this elite group of people to pl- not be able hey, to play. You don't want to be part of the mainstream group that paid sixty dollars to beta test Battlefield Four. And that's <laughs> I was, I did, I got my money back on that game. By the way, wow, but, did you really? How'd you manage that? They have a uh, stole sixty dollars from. Them. No, they they have a um, a great game guarantee on uh, Origin, and I bought it. I played th- it. I played it through the single player, through crash multiple crashes. I like helicopters going down. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean the, it was awful. I played it on the PC. I reviewed it on NLB. On the NLB, I complained about how many crashes. A, a viewer tweeted me and said, hey, man, did you know you can get your money back on that game because they have a great game guarantee? And I was like, no, I'm going to try that. So I called them. I was like, this game is broken. It's not finished. And I want my money back. And they're like, right away, sir. Here's your money back. Oh, so Tearaway was just free for you then at $35. That's just bonus money you got. No. You owe them the, yeah, that's a shame, though, that the console players are the ones that are really getting screwed because even with their latest patch, the game is still broken for so many players. It's yeah. such an unbelievable cock-up by them. This is... this Like, Battlefield 4 is becoming a unbelievable also, disaster. Also, for, for people that are thinking like, oh man, I'm going to return Battlefield 4. If you bought it at launch, it's already too late. You have seven days after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have no, seven yeah, days I, after. I did it within 24 hours. Yeah. I played through the whole single-player campaign in a day. And that's totally different than early access. Totally different. Right. It, but it still provides so yeah, much so pitching you know, This fun. was all a joke. It, was, it started off with me quipping about how, you know, you paid 60 bucks for basically early access to Battlefield I 4. I do think the part of being a, a, a early access is you're paying to be a beta tester, but I think part of that the joy of that is experiencing the hiccups and also the highs and the lows and being that guy that knew about the band before <laughs> yeah, anyone else. Like, no, Gambling on games. Okay, yeah, no, You're being dismissive, but I will, no, okay, I, I will I, stand I, by this. I am agreeing with Christian because I paid 1500 for Google Glass. So clearly. <laughs> and you're enjoying it. You, you I've, I've enjoyed every like snarky thing that I've been able to say about Glass because like, oh, well, well I guess when you get Glass, you can experience these problems too. I I think think there's something about being an early adopter and it's great that it's not for you, but don't shit on the whole idea of early access because you don't like, I would never, I mean, I never, I have have never bought into early access, but why is it a bad thing to have it exist? I do think early access is a, is a bad idea, but you misheard what I said, because I I clearly said for me and I said, anybody that wants to do it more power to them. That's a quote from this episode mere minutes ago. Point Jeff, but you started off by saying this is the, horrible thing of the week no you start you start <laughs> out with, with a broad statement saying that you think that early access is dumb and then you back down and qualified it by saying for me I, but now you're making fun of people that are in it because I they're complaining the, about it i think the mentality that the internet, Andrew, keep talking, don't the like internet talk. has rot which is which is uh uh being first to comment is some sort of power well that's the same I thing that th- publications do with first to review it's the, I, sa- the whole everything I agree, is and that. i think there's it's, a problem with that i think you're a problem your <laughs> your face is a problem boys <laughs> time out 
Uh, time. This is what you don't. Did you record that on your, on your Google Glass? <laughs> no, I probably crashed trying <laughs> to do that. Honestly, I didn't know you had Google Glass. Why even you brought it in here? I want to play with it. You know that's because it's fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> and look at your iPhone screen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, point spicer. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I will not. I, my face is is still in good shape, so I, I would not. <laughs> your I, money maker, I, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, thought, I thought you were blaming your face for all the scratches on your phone. No, like, no. I, every, I, time, every time I accept a call, my my face just scratches it up. No, I'll fall. My cheekbones I'll, are so I'll, sharp. I'll fall, and to protect my face, I will use my phone. <laughs> So the Google Glass is safe. I saw your rearview mirror on your car for like a year. It's still that way. <laughs> it's still that way. I think I'm part no, of the team. Uh, yes, I'm not. I'm not proud of myself. <laughs> I forgot what we were, what Garnet you're trying to get us into. All I know is that Christian well, is wrong about everything. I I just I think the whole idea. I think Daisy has is at an interesting point in Steam early access because it's high profile and because it's something that people that a lot of folks were looking forward to who were not interested in going through the steps it would take to get the Daisy mod to work yep. and because Steam is the predominant way that people consume PC games it being more difficult to get Daisy to work on Steam was also an impediment and now now it's now the first thing you think about it is shit now I can get it and play standalone and then they give you this whole thing about it's alpha there's all this work that our team has been working on that's not even in there yet because we're not ready to incorporate it it's just that we're at a point where we're playable and we wanted to share it well I think that there's a lot of these conversations that need to go on that needed to go on to the developer as well it's like you know what is this the right time to put it out on early access? Is it too early? Is it, you know, how big is our game so far? Do we worry about how many people are going to get it? I think that you guys raised a lot of good questions about that. I think that the price point is insane. I think that selling, they're trying to sell it for 30 bucks. And I understand the mentality of, I want to sell the game for $30 and I only get to sell it to you once. But because of the number of people who would be willing to play it at this point and are providing you invaluable testing data, to ask them to pay full boat for it when you haven't finished it yet, to ask you to pay full boat but, when it's full boat on a promise of something that may or may not happen sometime down the road. Hey, people buy full games even before they're alphas, right? I mean, they're they're they yes, they do fun Kickstarters, they fun Kickstarters. I mean, I see this as like a what the my honest concerns are with early access and this type of thing with the pricing model and stuff is the potential slippery slope where it does it just really become like every game is that is early access. Like, no one even tries to pretend that they're ever putting out a finished game because people see, oh, you're willing to pay for this. We can put this out. We can get away with it. That's that's my concern. But I'd, we're not there yet, but I think it's something to be well, actually, aware of. Actually, you know, I think we're pretty close to there. I, somebody in the chat room or the uh, the thread this week raised the question. I wish I had that person's name to credit them, but uh, about uh, is a is a game ever done? In this environment now where we have these always connected consoles and uh, games morph and change and content is added and content is taken away. And I mean, you look at any MMO from the day it's released to, you know, even just a few months later, it's uh, unrecognizable in, in a lot of respects. Uh, but but and that used to just be the realm of MMOs. Now it's almost every game is, is being patched I mean, massively. And hopefully it doesn't really affect, I think, the. The kinds of games that I like, which are really focused F-Zero. single player <laughs> narrative games and F Zero, <laughs> uh, because like th- th- this whole entire patching environment makes a lot of sense if there's an online element, if there's a competitive element, if there's a world that's dynamically changing. 
but you know, for a game like The Last of Us, right, this single player campaign, like, do you need do do I want to be in the early access version of that? Do I want to like play an a buggy, incomplete version of that story? No, of course not. I want. But think I, of how much fun you played Walking bitching. Dead. I mean, actually, so yeah, Walking Dead is like one of those examples where Telltale releases a really buggy product, <laughs> and they seem to get a free pass. Like people just like they're like, well, we want to play it now, and like. And and they almost never actually fix their games. That's like the most frustrating thing. I, I, I played season one, I think, like well after it had been like completed. Uh but 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 yeah, just like it's so frustrating that they seem to get away with that. But but yeah, I think for a game like The Last of Us, that that I I would like to make sure that when I play it the first time it's the best way. It's it it's in the best shape possible. I feel that way about every game. Honestly. Yeah. I, I wanna I want to protect my experiences with media and i want to ensure that whatever the designer's optimal experience was i'm I, trying I, i'm my trying best to think to of early access it. in other mediums like like oh pay 50 dollars to read the first draft of my new novel yeah. you know or pay, 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 yeah pay pay 60 bucks and you'll get to watch the dailies of this movie that <laughs> <Yeah>. we're shooting <laughs> and i'm sure there were there will be people that would love to do that uh sure of course there are. i mean there's a lot of people that want to know every little tidbit of every little thing a- as it happens rather than waiting for something to be complete i'm just not one of those people and i more power to the, to the people that, that do i i do feel like when there is so much consternation and focus on uh the sort of group think about what a, a media experience is i think developers do themselves no favors by allowing that to be dictated by a version of their game that isn't done and if if all these people are paying 30 dollars to be able to bitch and have a great time bitching well that becomes the prevailing wisdom about your experience is that it's a bitch worthy experience and unfortunately i who am trying to protect myself from these kinds of things have to wade through bitching in order to to i just i just hope nintendo never really follows that 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 route you know like if, if right. they are the safe haven like if if all the next gen consoles and, and 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 pc games like if they all just end up in this live update environment i yeah I, if you could be playing smash brothers right now yeah, and it's there, awful there, there, like, there, there would be some comfort in like going to this like safe haven where where nintendo's like a decade behind in terms of the way they're thinking and it's like oh remember when games came out and like you didn't have to patch them for an hour i would love that <laughs> all right christian why are you loving Gran Turismo 6 now that I've gotten you around to it? It's so good. It's, oh, it's so good. It's so good. But, but you have to explain why you're loving it. Because it's really good. Oh, okay. Well, that, that settles done it. Moving and on. Done. So, uh, teaser, uh, you and I were on uh, Press, Press Row, Row Podcast. Podcast. They're end of the year. I think it comes out Christmas Eve. And we chatted a little bit about this there. Um, so I won't rehash what we're going to say. Listen to that. It was a fun little discussion. Yeah, we, each gave, we, had. we each gave our top three sports games yeah. of the year. And interestingly enough, Gran Turismo 6 made it into yours, did not make it into mine. Right. And then we could actually discuss this point because for me, Gran Turismo 6 doesn't make it in because it's a driving simulator more than it is a racing game. Sure. Yeah, we can dive into this because we didn't really dive into this on that. I don't want to spoil that other podcast, but we didn't really dive into this. For me driving against a clock is just as much of a sport for me like the competitive driving i did Ah, i see what you're saying was autocross and time trialing Mm -hmm. and i think that 
is just as much of a sport. I do think it's frustrating that Gran Turismo 6, as you have talked about, still doesn't handle racing well. It's kind of moving blocks to just get you off your line. And (laughs) man, uh, I forget exactly what race it was, but I was on course and just having a great race. And I, and I, I'm blocking out uh, the guy in the second and I come around off this S turn and the guy in second, just for whatever reason, just comes off his line and just like T bones me and just sends me off into the wall. And like the race was over. And I don't know why the AI did like I was being a jerk and, and blocking the path, but that's what you do when you're holding it in a slower top speed car. What's great about Gran Turismo six is the progression. And the way that they ease you into and they make it fun to drive lower performance cars and versus Need for Speed, where that game like rivals right now I'm playing on the 2015 Mustang because I love Mustangs. I thought it'd be fun to get behind that newly released car like that game encourages you to get in the sweetest, fastest, bestest car or the car that you have a particular affinity for in Forza. Uh, the past ones and the little bit I've played of Forza 5 are always kind of wanting you to get into that next big thing. You always They want to get you into that supercar where Gran Turismo, and I, you, this can be frustrating if you want to just get in there and just gas it, but I, I'm really appreciating it right now is that it's just like, relax, man. You've got a Honda Fit. This is going to be awesome. You can have a lot of fun racing this car against other cars in this class. Well, I'd class. argue, though, that it does say get in there and gas it because it says get in there and gas it in a car that you can keep on the track. Okay, so what I meant by get in there and gas it is get in there and get to that. You want to get to the screaming fastest car. 208 miles an hour right. down the straightaway and then slam into the wall because you haven't learned how to drive that fast in this game yet and you have no idea what you're doing. Right. And this, I, I'm i now racing in a Fiat 500 Aberoth was my next purchase of a car. Interesting. And so what, what drove you to, that's an interesting one to choose. You heard the ones I chose. How'd you choose the Aberoth? That's an interesting one. I, I like them. Yeah. And I wanted to see how it drove in the game because I feel like the the modeling is feels great. Like you feel coming up on a hill, you feel the nose diving down of the car, you feel the, the weight of the car settling as you go into a turn. Is it squirrely? Because it's such a small wheelbase and small wheels on it. Like it seems like it would be really squirrely. I have pushed it too hard. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've overshot. I mean, it almost looks like a micro machine, right? Some turns. Yeah. But we've talked about this too. If you look at like original like 60s or 70s 911s Porsche 911s so much smaller than the modern car yeah they're not much bigger than a Fiat and so you can have performance in a smaller body everything else has just become wider tracked and bigger so for me it's fun I like I like minis I like Miatas I used to take Miatas out uh, on autocross and I I think there's joy in that small little go-kart type car and I wanted to see how this game represented that uh, that Fiat and it's fun and the 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 progression is, is, is interesting and it's challenging and I think it's in a, a show thread about this, it is frustrating that when you get to a thing, you don't have a car, you need to back out all the way to a dealership. And so I, I agree with a lot of what you wrote in your review, which is this is probably the best Gran Turismo, but you do, and what I accused, quote unquote, you of being, you do kind of have to be a Gran Turismo apologist to accept it. Like there are still a lot of shortcomings, but you kind of look at it like, well, of course it's Gran Turismo. <laughs> like, of course it's frustrating, but this menu is way less frustrating than the last one. So it's better, but it's still not a marvel of UI or a marvel of user experience. But the the driving and the way they, they ease you through cars and learning. I do really want to there. play Forza. I do really look forward to playing Forza, but to just address the motorsport thing at both of them, somebody has to come up with a way to make a racing to make a racing game. Well, you get back to a pro race. It's iRacing. 
It is iRacing. You Console are right. people it don't have the time or patience for an hour race. People play Madden five-minute quarters. But it doesn't have to be. Look, there's a compromise point between there. But Gran Turismo is, com- is Gran Turismo is a car is a car fanatics car game, and yet the races are two and three lap. Get to the front as fast as you can. Races. It's ridiculous. That that's it's just patently ridiculous. In the career progression, yeah. I mean, I think the argument would be then go set up your own race if you want to get into that. I think they're still trying to cater to a broader audience than an iRacing market or someone that would sit down and play a 45-minute, 90-minute, four-hour race. At least give me some 20- and 30-minute races. I mean, even when you get to the... So, at, I'll the spoiler, at the very top end of the, of the license progression are the S-classes. Mm-hmm. And even there, the races are 15-lap races or they're 24-minute races. So, get it, instead of 24 hours, it's 24-minute. Like, that's still... And, of course, they accelerate things, so you do have to do tires and gas and pitting and all that kind of stuff. But still... That's nothing. It's nothing. It's just a. It's a compromise, and it's I, a bad compromise. It's a game. It's a game that doesn't compromise anywhere else, and then it compromises where the rubber meets the road, and you actually take the cars out to drive them. I wonder if they could set it in like difficulty settings of some sort, where it's like amateur, pro, you know, or whatever. And as you adjust the difficulty, what you're adjusting is time and length of races. Um, I just don't know how many people. That, that market applies to that would sit down and want to do a, a three-hour race. That's a long time, but that's it what it takes time. to get to know. Like, Jeff, you were asking, how do you get better? And it's like anything else. You you practice it. And, oh, I turn uh, the lines off, and it's hard, the driving line off, and it's hard to know. Well, what you're supposed to do then is you spend the weekend before the race driving the track, learning where your mark is, where you think you want to hit your brake, and you have it memorized so you're not just driving by the seat of your pants and people don't play games that way often. You know what I mean? And that, but I feel like a, a a sim racer like this, it's they even say it in one of the tutorials. It's like, now take it. Uh, I think it's the first time you do a city course. They're like, take your time through this course because you have to learn that looking over these barricades is difficult to do when you're in a city. It's not the same as uh, sweeping vistas as a... So take a time on your first lap to learn the course. And then second lap, let it rip. It's like, no, I can't memorize whatever it is, like a four-mile course and a lap and know what my turns are and know the apex I'm trying to hit. But they're kind of like winking at it. That that's what you should do. But then they're compromising and making it a game, as I use air quotes. And that's why you'd be like, well, it's Gran Turismo. It's a game. It's not iRacing. And at the same time, if you've driven iRacing or if you've driven on track, you know that a really a lot of it is not getting concerned about where the other cars are at any moment, but driving your race. Knowing where your car's performance line is, driving your race and driving your race or your line well, right? So it's sort of it's it, even that's weird. Even that's weird the way it like sets these floating blocks out there and it's like okay, what we really want to do is see if you can get around turn 7 in the wrong spot on the second lap because you're going to have to pass the guy who's two from the front there in order to get to the end in time. And it's a lot of those sort of little weird micro challenges and oftentimes I feel like the progression races could just as easily be tests and they could have like what if they just had a few races? What if they instead of having so many races, they you could have a bunch of these one and two lap races, but what if you got to the end and it was like, "Hey, you know, a real like 30 lap race at Sebring or something, something serious, you know, and, and didn't do the rubber banding and didn't do all that other stuff so that, you know, look, you fall behind, there's an opportunity to come back. You get way out ahead. You have to hold on to it. I mean, in fact, I just, uh, I don't know if you've watched any of it. They just did the season finale of GT Academy. So GT Academy is the, uh, is the real world driver where they do, they do the seasonal events inside Gran Turismo. And then the winners get to go do this, uh, reality show sponsored by Nissan, which is kind of silly reality show. But the end of it is, uh, was a track race on Silverstone. 
And I'll be damned if it didn't end the way many online races do, where this one kid uh, gets out in front early on and he is clearly fastest. He's lapping the track really, really, really great. Like a, the guy who is in second for you know two thirds of the race had a great start, but is a little bit slower than the guy in third. The guy in third finally gets into second, and he's pressing. He's pressing, and it's like an F one race, you know, because the guy out front is just lapping. Mm-hmm. He's just lapping and lapping and lapping and lapping and lapping and lapping. And the guy in second place is coming up behind him, coming up behind him, and sure enough, just enough pressure for the guy in the lead blew the last corner oh wow and let the second place guy and he blew it by he blew it by maybe 50 feet of misbreaking. he came in he the guy was behind him was just on him enough that he's like wanted to keep his speed up and he kept his speed just a little too high came in a little too hot and then he made I mean, then he made it you know the rookie driver mistake of he tried to put his foot on the brake in the apex and that's not ever good that won't that bad things happen there's some i mean there's something scary. It's a very different feeling, no matter how good of a driver you are, to be in a car on a track going at high speeds with another death machine behind you. And, you death know, they machine. say when you start racing, prepare to trade paint. You know, it's yeah. why a lot of people race spec Miatas because it's kind of cheap and you can get out and you're going to mess up your car at some point. And it's exhilarating, but holy crap, I understand if someone's barreling down on you like that and you think you can take this. It, it's it's scary. So Tractor Virtual, where do you put GT6? Oh, not... It's not... It's I not, mean, it's a fun experience. It's... I haven't played as much Forza 5 as I want to, but it's my favorite sim racer that I've played. See, see Jeff, you gotta get some grand trees. Mm-hmm. He's, he's never, he's never, gonna, he's never he's going, never going to. Play it. That's okay. He hates early access. He hates Gran Turismo. He told us how much he really enjoyed how Forza 5 made him feel like he was driving. We we're telling him how awesome this is at really, really getting that across. He's like, I'm not going to play it. I can't go back. But to that's the fine. Admit it. That, that's, I, I appreciate that. Like, you're never going to play it. And that's that's fine. Sorry. No, I don't, don't feel good about it. Why not? Because it sounds like you guys like it. Hey, can oh, I yeah. can I sell your PS3 and keep the money? Yeah, the. The fifteen dollars GameSpot's going to give you. Sure, I'll <laughs> take it. All right, stick around, folks. We got the uh, last segment of this uh, weekend before Christmas. Weekend confirmed. The segment in which Andrew Yoon talks exclusively about <laughs> Cookie Clicker. <laughs> no, actually, I just logged on and it. Oh Jesus! Reset. I have zero progress. It's what? really. Up- I thought it was supposed to do so much while you're not playing it. We're going to take him down and dye his hair red. <laughs> And just have him sit down there, and he can be Andrea too. <laughs> Andrea too. Click, 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 click. I mean, I she's already my pre- Yeah, she prestiged already. My God. Oh dear. All right, stick around. We'll be right back.
rhymes for Christmas. You're welcome. Yeah, well done. Well done. A little choice there from Kanata uh, and Best well, Christmas song ever. Hands up in the air. Wait. Waving like you just don't care. Best Christmas song ever. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I like me some Wham. It's so good. I like me some Wham. But it's uh, no, all it's I no want from Christmas is you, Mariah. <laughs> Come on. These are some hits. <laughs> they are. NKOTB's Christmas album. You know what I just heard last night? Last is... Christmas is kind of a weird song if you listen to the lyrics, actually. Oh, of course. It's Wham. <laughs> uh, I just heard last night uh, f- for the first time. Uh, did you know that uh, Bad Religion just came out with a Christmas album? What? And it's freaking awesome. Huh. It's really cool. Interesting. Uh, I know they just played a show recently in town. I love them. So I want to counterpoint here with something brought out of last week's show thread that applies directly to this whole uh, Jeff's not going to play his PS3 question or uh, issue anymore. Long Rifle 101 uh, shot us a question of the week says, I'm still hung up on backward compatibility. Mm. And that's an interesting question. Because one thing is, Jeff, how much does backward compatibility even matter to you? But hold on that for one second. He says, will Sony ever port over all or most of the existing content currently available on the PS3 version of PSN? So they're talking about the PS1 and PS2 classics to PS4. And you think that Gaikai will be able to equal or exceed the content already provided on the PS3's PSN store in a meaningful way. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff in there. Let's just back up all the way. In light of your little I'm not going to play Gran Turismo, despite it still really being timely, how much does backward compatibility matter to Jeff Kanata anymore? Well, this is this is the like three to six month window where backwards compatibility matters. When when the console, but apparently is still it doesn't new. even matter to you at all. What do you mean? Because you're not interested. Well, would you be if you could play it? If you didn't have if, to have your old box, so I think yeah. part of the reason you did it is space. So you have a very elegant, clean, thank you, entertainment system and you. with space for three consoles. Yeah, and, and yeah, and uh, if if I could put GTA Six into my PS4 and it worked, I probably would be more inclined. That's not to say I'm never pulling my PS3 out of the closet. I I did not. I pointedly did not get rid of it so that I had that option to pull it out should it should So what do you have set up with your three right now? Wii U a mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and PS4. So no three sixty or PS3. Correct. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're both in the closet. Uh but could be pulled out should the need arise. If you know, when Stick of Truth comes out, if that's exclusive, I will be playing I mean that's a game that I want to play well, badly it's, enough. It's current. It's old gen. I mean, it's right. not good. You're going to have to pull out one of those consoles if you want to play it. I'm still hoping that there will be some sort of weird ported announcement. Like someone's going to wave their wand and be like, oh, look, here's a PS4 version or Xbox mm-hmm. One. Yeah, it's yeah. not happening. Well, That's not going to happen. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, d- I definitely will. I don't know. It's Ubisoft. Why not? Could happen. Right? Thanks, Yoon. Christmas right? miracle. I mean, if they're bringing Rayman Le- Legends to every right. single platform, I don't see why... Yeah, why they couldn't. Tomb break. Raider is coming out on the next gen. Exactly. Yeah, so could happen. Any hoosers? Uh, yeah, I just um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that that game. I feel like, God, maybe this is a bad thing to admit, but I feel like racing games in particular are as much about looking at it as anything else, and to uh-huh. know to know that this isn't as nice as it could look. On so in that regard, system. we can take your opinion about backward compatibility and somewhat separate it yes. from the issue of the racing game because the racing game for you is a separate animal. Uh, okay, in, in a way, yes. I, so then, I so. so then, how much does backward compatibility still apply to you? How much worry? You know, how much well, thought do you give it now? Like I was saying, it's this is that these few months where it really matters. I think that 
Unfortunately, we're in this position where all these companies are looking at backwards compatibility as a way to resell you games down the line. And uh, I think that's the new normal is uh, we're going to resell you these games. You can re-download them, pay a smaller price, but still a price. Uh, And that sucks, but is the case. And um, but the, the, the window right now where the new consoles have few titles and the old consoles are still getting new titles is the period at which backwards compatibility is most useful. Mm-hmm. And then it, that'll have a sharp decline shortly after that when next gen com- becomes current gen. So I'm, I'm probing you about this because I'm wondering when the Gaikai services come online, how appealing you're going to find them. Because I think that mm-hmm. they'll address a lot of these questions. Mm-hmm. Because you know prior to this, we were talking about engineering a solution to create a you know a, a way that a piece of code that ran on an entirely different set of hardware would mm-hmm. run on this hardware and, and it required a lot more hardware you know a lot more horsepower you know yeah. if, if a ps3 game ran great on a ps3 then that's great but to make it run great on a ps4 might even be a challenge because you don't have the same hardware and you're trying to emulate mm-hmm. it in software and you get into all those problems but if i'm running the game somewhere on a remote server and all i'm doing is sending control inputs over the internet and Mm -hmm. video and sound back now i can get over that part and so it's very you know it's very plausible to think that that would open the door for them to make more of the library accessible and across you know across the entire spectrum they've got a ton of games you know what if a year from now you could play gran turismo 6 via gaikai Mm -hmm. how appealing would that be to you I don't know, not not particularly. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. See, I'm glad I see. I'm 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 the opposite. I, for me, backward compatibility is still big because I'm the guy who has you know Final Fantasy 13 2 in my PlayStation Three as well as Gran Turismo, and it's right. something that I plan to finish playing over Christmas in getting ready for Lightning. And I, I and I like that. I say this a bit sheepishly and with a with a with a tinge of embarrassment, but I am a card carrying member of the cult of the new. I I want the newest, latest, best. I'm I'm looking for that for the the shiniest experience possible, and and um, it's not something I'm always proud of, but it is. A, so does that mean I'm not? Because I do love the newest, latest, best, but as it comes down to what I'm going to play, I'm increasingly you know now that now that the launch shine wore off my PlayStation Four, I'm just more inclined to play what I want to play than just play a PlayStation Four game because oh I have a PlayStation Four. Okay, I, that's fair, and I think that that's admirable. In fact, admirable. I'm I mean, not trying to do it; I just do it because I have more fun with them. Right, well, and that's great. And you should. I mean, in my, in my endeavors to have the latest and shiniest things, I'd I'd love for Gaikai to work because that means I could finally retire the PS3 off of my little shelf of of systems. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it having that that streaming that especially for games that that are still coming out on PS3 like. That would be a huge boon because I can finally get rid of the the PS3. I, I can I can move on with my life, you know. <laughs> closure. It'll be the closure. Exactly. Well, I mean, and some of the things they'll tackle will be the same sort of hurdles that good old games tackles when they bring really old games into modern context. Like, you know, you're going to have resolution issues because you know if you go back to those PS1 games, those are all mm-hmm. four by three format, and then so what the hell do you do with it? Are you going to show it stretched? Are you going to show it window boxed? You know, how do you want right. that to appear? Probably boxed. Yeah. You're not really going to take the time to change all that, but then it's not going to look that great. And are you going to deal with customers who didn't even know that PS1 games were 4x3 anymore? Because now it's a, a whole decade has passed. Imagine, yeah. you know, there's like entire group of, of people who grew up without PlayStation. You know, they grew up on PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3. 
Mm-hmm. Even PlayStation 2 early on, also all 4 by 3 very little 16 by 9 content. It's weird when you go back to that stuff. <clears throat> like I went back and, you know, watched The Wire late and it was like, oh, wait, what? It's all SD. This is 4 by 3 Yeah, it's all yeah. SD. It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. There's so that, I, that and this is probably stupid to mention, but there's that Paul Simon song, Kodachrome, that I always think of in this situation where he says, if you got all the girls I knew when I was single and put them all together for one night, they would never match my sweet imagination. Everything mm-hmm. looks better in black and white. That's I, I think that's how it is. It's we always we always imagine games, these games from our youth as being spectacular looking because they were at the time mm-hmm. in our memory is the best anti-aliasing. That's, Indeed. that's what I say. Memory Indeed. is the best anti-aliasing. Well, I guess we sort of have two opinions. I still feel like backward compatibility. I bought into the backward compatibility argument and it has proven, especially during this transition, to once again be something that I miss, you know, and and actually I don't miss because I just wind up playing my PlayStation 3 and my 360 and my PlayStation yeah. 4, I turn it on and I play, you know what, if I want to play a game of FIFA, I play a game of FIFA on PlayStation 4 and I play a little NBA 2K on there. Rivals, I would play. I, Christian, I have no idea how you switch between Gran Turismo and Rivals, by the way, because the driving physics in Rivals are full on arcade. Yeah. And it's way... It, it it just breaks me. I tried to do it for a minute. I was like, oh, I can't even because I couldn't drive fast enough in Rivals because I was trying to drive like a car. Right. Yeah. And then once I got up to speed, I went back to I went back to Gran Turismo and I was like all over the damn track. I'm like, okay, this is this is not a compatible back and forth. I just don't treat Rivals as driving. It's not. If that makes sense, it's totally not. Driving. I can keep it separate in that way. It does like, like a zero. Bit. It's yeah. like it's like it's like Gran Turismo is driving and Need for Speed is F zero or something. It's just a different. It's a, it's finding a line with a very different, a very different. <laughs> don't, don't call you, it F zero. You woke him up. Yeah, no, I'm just like I, I I really like Need for Speed. You just don't use it in the same vein as <laughs> F zero. Just playing with you, but it is. It's like they're hover cars or something. They're hover cars that don't obey the laws of of cars and tires and physics. Yeah, Christian, how about you? Backward compatibility. Where do you where do you land on this on this issue? I don't think it's worth the money that it would have cost to put into these systems. So what about Gaikai then? I don't think that Gaikai will pull it off. I, I think that when it comes a year later, like, yes, Jeff. You don't it? think they'll pull it off? Well, I just don't. I wouldn't want to play GT6 a year from now. Well, I mean, like, have, I don't want to play GT5 have you now. Guys, have you guys tried remote play with Vita, PS4? I have. And and what what do you think about that? How do you how do you enjoy it? I like a lot, actually. I was playing a lot of... Um, uh, Resogun on uh, my Vito and, and really liking it. And so I mean, yeah. If 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 you find that reliable enough, then I feel like Gaikai, you know, should work. In the well, same I, I guess I don't think like Gaikai is. I don't think it'll be cheap. I don't think you'll get your old games. I think there'll be a cost there. I don't, and I think it's, some old games are great to go back and play and have held up, um, but not all of them. And like especially like a, a GT six, I don't think anyone is pining to go play GT three right now. You know what I mean? Like that that type of game moves on. So maybe GT three moves on, but there are plenty of experiences that you could go back and play. Like, what if you suddenly decide you want to go play Siren? Cool Overlook game, Second yeah. Sight. Cool Overlook game. Like, I think it would be awesome to have these. I I still have, and granted, I mean, I have culled it down significantly, but I still have a lot of games that I have kept over the years from different generations. And I've kept them not because I just wanted to have objects to art sitting on the wall, because that would be kind of silly. They're not exactly the most attractive things in the world, right? But you do actually think I might want to go and play some of them. And granted, 
I might go and play 5% of all the ones that I've yeah. kept, but I do want to go and play that 5% sometimes. I do go and pull them down and say, I want to go play this. Well, I think there's, I mean, hopefully Gaikai works and it's a cool and it'd be a great option if that works. But I also think there's something to be said about playing it on its original machine. Um, backwards compatibility is great if you can have it and it works and it's cost effective, but I don't think it's an, necessary for systems. I look at things like James Stevenson's Man Cave and to me, that's cooler than one system that plays all these old games. All right, games. so you should describe then. So he has pretty much every old system and old games in their original boxes and this awesome TV. And he talked about it on this show, his yep, expensive Japanese scaler m- scaler that makes it look... Or, I'm sorry, scanline converter. Right, whatever it is. It makes it look right on a big plasma or flat screen TV. And I think that's cool to sit down and play Mario, Super Mario Kart on a Super Nintendo with that controller. I think... Gaikai and backwards compatibility is great for convenience for some games, but at the end of the day, I think it's like you said, five to ten percent. There aren't a lot of people doing that. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I guess the rest of the equation for me was that I'd be happy, and this will probably offend some people who like, some people like to collect to have the collection. I'd be just as happy to not have the shelves and the clutter and be able to feel comfortable that, you know what, I can go play those games I get when that. I wanted to. That I, I would that like. Impulse. You know, I think that would be really cool. Like, for instance, the reason I bought Jet Grind Radio on Vita was because, I mean, that's, you know, I have a Dreamcast, but I don't have it hooked up. I haven't hooked it up in a long while. And that, yet that's a game that I like to pull out every so often and play because it's just fun. It's like you can just sit down and play with it. It's not, it scratches an itch that no other game has really hit on for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't need a whole long time with it, but having a little time with it sometimes is really awesome. Yeah. I mean, the idea of a Netflix for video, a true Netflix for video games where, you know, I used to have a DVD collection and now I realize I have, you have no need it. for it. There's no need mm-hmm. I, yep. because pretty much anything I want to watch is going to be available at some, not anything. There's a lot of obscure stuff that isn't, but. And I think there's the a lot of majority. PS3 era games, especially. One of the questions he had was about whether or not, you know, what will happen with PS1 and PS2. I don't know what happened with PS1 and PS2. Gaikai clearly can handle them. The question is how much, how long back, how far back does that go? But I think there's a lot of PS3 era games that are of a high enough production value that you'll still be interested enough to go back and play them. Or during downtimes, you'll think, oh, I could just go. Look, it's like you said, it's on my Netflix. It's mm-hmm. on my PlayStation Gaikai. Right. And I, I'm curious to see what um, sort of strategy Microsoft takes to combat that because that's something they haven't addressed yet. And I, I think they will. I think they'll come up with some sort of plan. I don't know what it'll be, mm-hmm. but I think they'll come up with something. I mean, for me, more, more than anything, when you mentioned Vita, I'm like, Oh man, if I could have Gaikai on Vita, and I'm sure that's that that's the plan. Mm-hmm. But man, being like you might not be excited about playing PS3 games on your PS4, but imagine playing those PS3 games on your Vita, right? Mm-hmm. When you're when you're on same a, scenarios remote play. Yeah, you know where where you have a much higher fidelity experience that on, on that handheld. But for me, yeah, I, I I love the idea of 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 Gaikai maybe potentially providing backwards compatibility for every playstation system right like it's not it's not just ps3 i would i would love to you know stream psp games i would love to stream like mr mosquito remember that game like oh yeah you know just just like random obscure games and 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 the playstation brand has always been really good about having really weird quirky games on it uh i want to i don't know like uh there i remember there was this game where like you played this like japanese businessman at uh and like he just had a really wacky day oh god i totally remember that um uh, 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 it was like a ps1 game uh if you like held is it something crisis it's, it's something crisis like uh, it, hmm. uh, and, and like 
man, if like Gaikai could surface those kinds of games, I I would love to play them. Even though even though they might not age that well, I think just from I think it's Infinite Crisis, but I'm looking it up. No, right that's now. clearly that's <laughs> DC. That's DC yeah. comments, so. Oh, that's right. That's why that was in my head. What is it? it was God. Japanese businessman has all the worlds and, collide and <laughs> superpowers. And from... it had a it had a secret mode where if you held down the button while pressing like I forget which button you held down the button pressing start it unlocked the multiplayer mode where you're on this rooftop riding a bicycle and you have to knock of someone else that's riding a, a bicycle off the roof uh, like that, that that's, that's the kind of it, it's so random and it, it, yeah. it's beautiful and wonderful and and yeah. that's incredible why incredible crisis there we go that's, that's why i was stuck in my head like that, that. incredible crisis and that's why backwards compatibility is important just because like you you might want to like play that one day i mean I am. I don't have a system that can play F Zero anymore. <laughs> that's a that's, that's a tragic right? shame right there. <laughs> right? Like we we could, but we you can't anymore. It's it's done. Yeah. You know. So. You must save Taneo. Sorry, I'm looking it up. It's kind of awesome. It was it really was an incredibly crazy, wacky, awesome looking game. I, I and knew they don't. I, could, and, I knew and, I could bring it to mind. And they don't make those kinds of games anymore. That 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 is a kind of game you will not you will absolutely not find in this generation. But. All right, so uh, Christian, bring us home. I know you've been uh, wanting to share a little bit about pinball because you love the virtual pinballs on all platforms. What on earth is it that makes you so attracted to virtual pinballs? Because we were having this conversation uh, during the before pre-show stuff, and I, I my comment about pin, virtual pinball is that pinball 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 is that it's fun, but that I can never completely get as engrossed in it because he just doesn't have that sort of, you know, immediacy of... It's not a physical thing. It's not a physical thing. Yeah. Well, that's like what Jeff was saying about driving. And I, I mean, you're able to get behind Forza or, or Gran Turismo. And no, it's not. You're not putting your weight into it to, to, you know, influence the ball and hopefully not get a tilt. But the things that they've done with virtual pinball uh, recently in the past few years, I think there's great stuff out there. And I really like... The Zen Pinball on the PlayStation on Xbox, I believe it's Pinball Arcade FX2. Yeah, Pinball FX2. Something like that. Um, and what I like about that is that they're not trying to recreate real pinball tables. It's tables that can only exist in this virtual space. And the Star Wars tables are great, um, if you like Star Wars. Uh, the Marvel tables, except I hate, someone might love it, but I hate the Iron Man tables so much. I keep playing it, but I hate it. Um, Doctor Strange, I think, just came out or is coming out. And so I think it's this game that they, they keep making cool fan servicey tables, but tables that play well. The ball has good weight to it. It is virtual pinball, but the physics are accurate. It's not, things don't, you don't miss shots because the ball went away. You didn't expect it to go. Um, and if you are a PlayStation user, you get it across. It's coming out to PS4 soon i think it's supposed to be this week and now it's pushed to christmas eve um and you can convert a bunch of your tables over from ps3 it's cross by so you can have it on your ps3 your vita and your ps4 which is a lot of value in that um on i on ios i have it on my ipad and on my iphone and for just like quick pick up and play games i don't really did you are a crazy pinball whore yeah i don't really game <laughs> much soundbite <laughs> i don't really game much on my ios devices anymore i played a lot of nba jam on it and uh, now I, pretty much the only game I play on my phone is pinball. Like I'm sitting around somewhere. I'll just pull up uh, the Empire Strikes Back table and play for a little bit. And tables are on sale often for 99 cents. Yeah, I think you have to get them on sale because otherwise you would rack up a bill. Yeah, I mean, wait to get them on sale or on the PlayStation. I bought some of the table packs, the Star Wars one and two of the Marvel ones. 
maybe when they were on sale, but it just seemed like a value to me that I could play on my TV or just have it on my Vita with me. And I think it's a game that because the core of it has been out for so long, people have maybe overlooked, but you can download any of the tables and play a demo of to get a feel for it to see if you like it. Um, the voice acting is often pretty good for most of the Marvel and Star Wars tables. So for as many as they have racked up now, yep. what would you say, like, if you're, like, grading them, saying, like, so if you're listening and you want to get a, one of the pinball games, where would you sit, what, what would you tell someone to start with? If you enjoy Marvel, I think the Spider-Man table is excellent. If you enjoy Star Wars, I haven't spent enough time with the new batch of Star Wars tables they've put out, but I really enjoy the Empire Strikes Back table in terms of playability and coolness for using the world and the universe. I, I would go download the, those demos and see if you like them and check it out. You also get a table for free, a non-licensed, I forget what it is, um, table so you can kind of see if the physics modeling works for you and playing on a touch screen on your iOS device, if that's something you like, or um, playing on your, your Vita or your home. It's cool because even on your Vita, it you can rotate your device and play either portrait or landscape and see more of the table, and they have different zoom options. And it's something that I think a lot of people overlook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 really fun, and it's great, and it's not that expensive, especially if you just want a table to play and grind through. Good leaderboards with your friends if they play it. And didn't they have free tables on PlayStation Plus? Uh, like, a, I don't know if that's recent, but... They're no longer available. What they had is they released... Uh, you can get the, the wrapper game, Zen Pinball or whatever, in one free table, and then buy tables from within that. But then they also released standalone Star Wars Pinball. And for a time, maybe it still is, for a time that was free. Um, and if you want to import that, they just released it on the PlayStation blog the other day. If you want to import that onto PS4, you first have to import that into the Zen pinball game, which will then import into PS4. So it's a a little bit of an annoying step. But if it's still free, definitely download it if you're a PS Plus member. And they're on Steam, too, and they're often on sale. I don't know if they've ever had any great sales on the 360 version of it. Personally, I would recommend avoiding the 360 version unless that's the only console you have access to it because I feel like it's the least value add because you could only play it on your 360. But they're, they're fun games. And if you guys haven't tried it and you like pinball, I would suggest checking them out. And Microsoft hasn't done any cross-buy stuff between 360 and Xbox One, right? Like, well, I don't think there's any content that lives across. Well, they, yeah, so I say I don't know what they're. I don't think there is anything. The first thing I think they're doing is that Halo Spartan Assault. You get a discount if you buy it for Windows 8, and then you get a discount if you upgrade to the Xbox One version. I think is their first kind of foray the, into the, that. Like, mobile game, the that twin they, stick yeah, yeah. shooter that's been out for uh, mobile for a while. It's coming out Xbox One Christmas, Christmas Eve soon. If it's, uh, but yeah, they don't do a lot of that stuff. And I think Sony and iOS, it's great. You know, you're linked into your account. There's a knock against iOS devices that like, you know, Andrew, you can't have a profile on my thing and me. Um, but it's super convenient for me to have the same game on my phone or on my iPad and play as I go. Since we talked about Star Wars, anyone remotely excited by Star Wars Attack Squadron? I was, but you guys said I'm stupid for being excited. Oh, we didn't say you were stupid at all. We said it was a poor trade. It was. It I is remember, not a pretty trailer. I specifically trailer. remember Spicer calling it stupid. <laughs> Star Wars Attack Squadron uh, announced in trailer form 16-player dog starship dogfighting free-to-play game. I mean, if it if it gives you that X-wing versus Star, uh, Tie Fighter feel, that's very optimistic. It didn't really. Well, they didn't give any indication there was gonna be any cockpit view. It looked like it was a lot of third person, which would okay. still be okay. Well, if it's Rogue Squadron, then. There's a lot of Feel. question marks. What are the microtransactions? How do they make right. the money? Can I be, like, am I going to be able to buy a golden X-Wing? And like, how ridiculous it, is that going to be? Actually, the weirdest thing about the announcement was seeing the Disney logo. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still not getting used to that. Yeah. Will Will you get a message that's like, use the force. 
for a dollar ninety nine available <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> oh boy! All right, everybody. Well, uh, that means that it must be time to do finishing moves. Dude, you are a crazy pinball whore. Pinball ball 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 whore. <laughs> Epic. <sighs> He's All right. the magic man in there. He is the magic man. I guess we'll just do the finishing moves. That's a great intro for <laughs> this show. Why not? Amazing. Okay, on mobile games, uh, if you do listen to the Press Row podcast, I will spoil one of my picks because I've been enjoying the hell out of it. One of my picks for game for sports games of the year was number three because I didn't, you know, I, but top three, football heroes for iOS. Hmm. If you have not played this game, it is super. Football heroes with stars in his eyes and yeah. it's really 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 fun it's so it's basically tech mobile turned into a touch game and the fact that it works so well with the touch interface by itself is a testament to how hard these developers must have worked to get the control system down it's it's not i forget exactly how many men you got like i guess when you got about four guys on the line a quarterback a tight end two wide receivers and a running back and it, it's all touch driven it works really really well and then it also has you know like power ups for your guys and uh, there's lots of fighting so like when you're like trying to get through the line you know you can like tap on there and your dudes are like fighting with each other and they have power and so you knock guys over and, and lots of very very tech mobile sort of thing right of course the only downside to it is that it is free to play and so as you can imagine you're earning coins but you can also buy coins and there's lots of power ups to buy but i would say that of the free to play games that i've played it skews to the good guys end of the spectrum where if you want to play the game, you'll play the game, earn plenty of coins by playing the game, and enjoy a good level progression. And that the that the uh, that the free to play options are, I mean, they're not very sophisticated. They're really the, the, just the old school kind of thing of if you want to get ahead faster, you can buy coins. But it uses a sort of card mechanic where your players are are also cards, and you level them up, and their attributes increase. But there's also a free agent draft, and the cards that are in the free agent draft change on a, a rotating basis of like i think it's like every eight hours or 12 hours or so mm-hmm. so you know you might want a better tight end you go in there's not a good tight end this time but you can wait and then come back and there'll be a good tight end there and so you can bring them in you can build a bench you also get to value your team it's very customizable anyway football heroes on ios is it's really good it's mm-hmm. really really fun and i'm super impressed at how good of a mobile game it makes because i did not i mean look i you wouldn't think that it would be fun to play a football game in that way but it winds up being really good, and it's really fun. Have you tried Gridiron Solitaire? No. Do you know? Have you heard about it? Mm-mm. <clears throat> this guy who, uh, I, for years and years and years, I've been reading his blog, uh, Bill Harris. He does the uh, uh, Dubious Quality blog. Fantastic, fantastic. Dubious Quality. Yeah, fantastic. He taught himself how to program by making this game called Gridiron Solitaire. Just oh, that's, that alone is cool. Yeah, you should check it out. All right. I think you would like it. You should check out Football Heroes. Yeah. It's really fun, and it plays fast. It plays yeah. very fast. So, so it's really, it's well attuned to the mobile space, but it is not a throwaway mobile game. It's very much a football game, which is like the coolest part of it. Like, it, like the passing game is, is super fun. Hmm. And that's the cinch, that, that was the cinch to me of, of, wow, this is really, really working well. Well, speaking of super fun, my uh, finishing move is um, I wish I had time to go into some great board game recommendations. This is the time of year where you're going to have people around. It's the perfect time to sit down and play a board game. But it's the most wonderful time. It really is. It's my, my favorite time. I love – it's the best uh, to be able to sit down and, and, and play board games. And there's a lot of really fun ones that you can play with your family. I'll give you one that's new. Uh, it's easy and it's cheap. I think it's 15 bucks. It might be 10 bucks. 
Uh, it's called Coup. It just came out C O U P Coup. Uh, and here's the way it works. Every, it, it plays in 15 minutes or less. It's very fast. It's very cheap. It's very easy. And it's super deep and fun. Everybody uh, gets two cards. Uh, on the cards are a bunch of different characters. Each character has a different power. And you are trying to eliminate both characters in all your opponents and become the only person left standing. Uh, everybody has a, a little bit of money as well, and some of the powers that your characters give you are the ability to steal money from other characters or the ability to block steals or the ability to assassinate a character. But everybody's cards are kept hidden, so the game is all about bluffing. So let's say Garnet has uh, you know, two characters and I say, I want to steal some money from you. Uh, Garnet can either accept that and just give me his money, or he can challenge me and and try to think try to say that i actually don't have the character that allows me to steal his money and so he's betting on whether or not i'm bluffing or he can say no i have the character that prevents you from stealing from me at which point i can try to challenge you and decide whether or not you're bluffing so it's a series of back and forth bluffs it it plays really fast and it's really really fun because it's all about um whether you're lying or whether you're not and and getting into these positions where now logically i know what you've got and I know what I can and can't do. And now we're in a position where we're trying to figure out ways to get rid of our cards because now you know what I have. Really fun. Coup. Oh, also, um, next week we're going to be talking about games of the year. But if you want a sneak peek into my games of the year, NLB's uh, best of the best, all best episode just came out this week uh, of 2013. I talk about uh, best movies, best video games, and best other stuff. Uh, and it's available at jeffcanada.com with two N's and one T. And by the way, Coup, not exactly expensive. You can get it right now on Amazon for $15. That's what I say. Yeah, so, it's, it's very cheap. It, Coup, it, the card game, The it, Resistance Universe. Yeah, Resistance is an amazing game. If you, I think I've talked about that on this show. Resistance. Uh, well, uh, maybe if you're around over the holidays, we can have board game night. I would love that. Let's do that. I would love that. Let's do that. Resistance is another game where you're just accusing your friends of lying, which is so much fun. It's so much fun. It's just it's just a game about bluffing and trying to figure out who's the bad guy, who's the... the uh, uh, betrayer Christian oh I mean it's your turn oh yeah um, he's the betrayer <laughs> one uh, wow what a great uh, community of listeners uh, this show has thank you to everybody said very nice things after the last time I was on uh, that was very nice and I appreciate all the kind words um, two it happens I feel like when new consoles come out and it, and it, and it ticks me off and I, I hate the idea, and you're hearing a lot of it now, or you were before, at least before Microsoft walked back some stuff, of competition is good for the industry, and I just want both systems to sell gangbusters, and I want every system su- to succeed, and I want the Wii U to be a success, and I want the PlayStation 4 to sell well. Because I, I said that. That's what a lot of people have, and I, I think that's dumb. Uh, <laughs> don't, no, no, if something is shitty... And I'm saying shitty again. If, if you don't like something, it's perfectly fine to hope that it fails and to express your discomfort in it. And that's not an anti-capitalistic thing to do. The Atari Jaguar failed because it stunk. The 3DO failed because it had lots of problems and also stunk. And through that, if someone sees a new opportunity to make money in that space, another company will come along. Microsoft has only been in the console business for three generations, and it's because other companies made missteps like Sega 
and 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 they went out and it opened up this room for new competition. So it bothers me when people say, I want everything to do well because competition will make the industry better. Yes, competition does make the industry better, but it doesn't mean you need to sit there and root for something that you don't like to succeed. And I think this generation, people did a good job uh, calling out Microsoft for some of their bullshit with the Xbox One and calling out Sony for some of the big promises they made with like when they first announced it. And then we have streaming and Gaikai and suspend. You'll get right back into your game. You still don't have that. And I think it's great that people are calling out Battlefield and, and The Sims. And I don't think you need to feel bad hoping that one console does better than the other and that somehow makes you less of a gamer. With that said, I don't think it's right to personally attack people that purchase another console. That's the type of thing you do amongst your friends. Like, you know, I would do with Jeff, but I'm not friends with him. Where, like, you're sitting around with your buddies, and you would, like, give them a hard time when you were little. And you'd be like, oh, Neil, you bought a Genesis, you idiot. Everybody knows that this, or you bought a Dreamcast. Listen, nobody likes Neil. No, he's the worst. That's the kind of thing you do with that. You don't take that to a message board where you don't know people and people are talking like lamenting one system or the other. And then you can be like, ha ha told you, you know, grass field 74, the Xbox one was going to be great. I hope you enjoy your PS4. Now you piece of shit. No, 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 no. That's not helpful. But the other stuff I think is super helpful. And it just, not everything needs to do well for the, the, the thing we love to do well. And you don't need to do well. And Jeff Kanata, <laughs> Hey, Remember NLB? Well, I'm not on this last episode, so skip it, you guys. Just oh, just skip it. The best it of fail. the best of the best episode, he and I'm not even fail. on it. I, yeah. I see where we are. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. <laughs> I haven't that. been on it yet either. So. Yeah, jeez. Lee. I emailed you. Did you not get that email? I, I, I ignored email. that email. So I haven't ignored it. I've just flooded. Yeah. Uh-huh. So skip it, you guys, and spend your time instead of listening to... Yeah, so I just to... wanted me to do some webcam thing. I don't even have a webcam. <laughs> Okay. I actually don't have a webcam. Google Not what's really? new with no, Christian I'm... Spicer. It's a podcast on the Nerdist Network. It's stand-up comedy. And listen to that instead of NLB. It's way better. Ouch. A lot of super funny people. Wow. And uh, it's actually good. And no- so. nobody's babies are on it. Oh. Hey, that was my baby. Oh, oh shit. Man. Oh, Dang shit. It. Andrew, save us with your finishing move. I mean, so should I, wait, was the takeaway that I should want Ouya to succeed or that I should want her to fail? <laughs> I, I got a little confused there. What's an Ouya again? As long as Christian is telling us what to think. I'm happy. Uh, so I got to try out... Kanata! Uh, Microsoft has a lot of extra surfaces lying around because no one bought them. So they... This they... is not a laptop. <laughs> no, dude, someone said they were sold out. You can't get them anywhere. I was told this. But uh, Yeah, sure. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, so Microsoft did uh, did send me one. I that's what I used to review uh, Walking Dead season two episode one, uh, and for me, I I I've been enjoying it just because I haven't had a Windows PC in so long. But on the other hand, I think about like, well, would I would I give up on on my MacBook Air in order to switch to the Surface? I'm like, hell no, no, no. It is it 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 does so many things wrong. Is it a Pro or an RT? It's a Pro. Okay. So. Uh, so the so peop, a lot of people have been asking on Twitter like oh how does Steam run on uh on Surface? So actually I connected the DualShock Four into the Surface and you know did the like fan made drivers and like it's really fun using a PS4 controller to play PC games on a Surface. Like it 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 shows you like well you could never do that like like on an iPad right? Like mm-hmm. granted The Walking Dead is available on iOS but like uh, I I downloaded a few other Steam games uh. I haven't tried any like really high intensity ones, but the uh, probably couldn't do it on an iPad Air either. Yeah, but but I was like really I was sort of impressed by the performance. Uh, with episode one of The Walking Dead, uh, it did crash a few times. That seems to be a driver issue, 
and so that that's sort of like ah the, the frustrations of PC gaming like I I want to find better drivers for this and I'm sort of like getting back into that uh that world but just having that flexibility being able to like just tinker around with it is is, is a lot of fun but man Windows 8 even even 8.1 after the update like it makes so many mistakes I mean I I think the real big problem with Windows 8 is that um it just doesn't sync well with third party accounts like Facebook and and uh and Google so like mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of having a, a a calendar app in the like metro interface if it, if I don't sync my Google Calendar to it? Like, it it's of no value to me. So like, so like that whole entire like Windows eight like metro interface is like useless to me because I can't like all the live tile stuff. Like, it doesn't work for me because I, I I'm used to having my Google accounts. So I don't know. I don't know if that helps anyone uh, in terms of like if if they're even remotely interested in a surface. The at the end of the day, it's like it's novel playing Windows games, but come uh, as a guy that like has been using a Mac for so long, like, like yeah, I just can't really make that transition. So he didn't save us with his finishing move. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's it, folks. That's the uh, the end of the regular season for 2013. We have the holiday shows coming up in the next week. We've got a Christmas edition next week, which has some developer greetings. We'll have our holiday thoughts. We'll have your holiday stories. Uh, What else we have? Lots of Christmas cheer. Lots of guests. And then we'll have the New Year's edition where we'll look forward to 2014. Some of the games we're hotly anticipating. Some of the games you're looking forward to. Predictions, trends, all that kind of stuff. And right now, if you stick around, wake up, by the way. Remember, wake <laughs> up because we're going to do the tailgate. We're going to close out the regular season tailgate. Now, we will be doing the playoff. Playoffs? We'll be doing the playoff playoffs. Playoffs? We're going to close out the regular season with uh, this week and the next week's picks coming up in the tailgate after the end. But if you're leaving us now, thanks so much. Big thanks to you for listening in 2013. Do join us for your holiday shows. Love to uh, be a part of those celebrations with you. Big thanks to the team here at the Atlantis Group Studio in Santa Monica. Micah at the board today, as always, Del Rio and Ozzy there in the booth as well. That is it. That is your weekend confirmed, and we are ghosts. This podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, elite gaming PCs engineered by gamers and for gamers. Use code TGIF to get a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit for slashloot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see what system is right for you. Wrapping up the regular season of the tailgate brought to you by the Press Row podcast from Operation Sports, where host Rich Grisham went 0-3 last weekend. Yeah. And, and the it's funny still thing in is, first. The funny thing is, if it, we were all so supremely confident in Cincinnati, and if any of us had, uh, had I'd be in first to, place if I had the balls. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, and, and, and I went with Detroit as well. So I'm sitting. I only I only managed one and two. The records have really changed now. So we've got Rich and Ozzy locked at the top. Rich at twenty six sixteen and three. Ozzy at twenty six seventeen and two. Dave at twenty five nineteen and one. Me at twenty four nineteen and two. Jeff, you're at twenty two twenty one and two. Andrea's at twenty one twenty two and two. As as the uh, Atlantis team, and then guests, they've kind of fallen out because the guests didn't pick every week. But it's still wide open. The big thing is that there's three games this week. Three games are going to pick in advance. Just pick them with no line, and then we're into the playoffs. And there's yeah. not that many games once you get a playoff. So we're leading up to it, folks. It's it's coming. It's going to come down to the wire. So uh, you know, we don't need to really recap last week a lot. And let's talk about last last week. By the way, was the most heartbreaking week of football for me <laughs> in years. As because I'm your friend, I will not bring up the Cowboys at oh, all. Oh no, but let's, it wasn't goodness. just the Cowboys. It was the Cowboys giving up five touchdowns in the second half mm-hmm. it was me getting distracted by family and for the third season in a row forgetting to turn in one of my weeks in the brayton pick and pull when oh, i was no. in the top you know i was in the top yeah totally forgot to do that uh. awesome it was my fantasy team that i really thought was in the driver's seat to be really have a great season because it was cruising with peterson and manning mm-hmm. as its backbone Peterson and Manning. Peterson, who gets hurt the weekend before and then can't go at all. And Manning, who throws the first fucking really bad game of the season. Awesome. And then, just to make sure everything's happy, in the Gamefly League, I go up against the player who has Jamal Charles. Yipes. Somehow has the best game of his (laughs) life. Merry Christmas. Five touchdowns later. Like, my entire, like, the entire, like, there's just, like, football fall apart weekend. Yikes. That's rough. But you know what? That's the way it goes. We bounce back. We come back this week. We've got some great games to pick. And by the way, like I said, we got two weeks coming. So we're going to start it off. We're going to roll right into it. Do we have VO? Do we have voice from Rich? We do for both. For so, both of them. So we can do. So seg- Rich, Rich lost. So we'll go in between the two since he's 0-3. So theoretically, he'd be picking behind us. So we'll start him off right here with the Colts. We, right, we try to do as many with playoff impl- implications as possible. The Colts plus seven plus seven going into Arrowhead. That's because the, How the important Chiefs is Reggie have, Wayne? Well, the Chiefs have started to put up freaking points on the board. It's 101 points in two games. And the Colts are struggling. Colts have definitely been struggling. Like you said, how important was Reggie Wayne? Hey, Alex, Alex Smith, not a bad quarterback, eh? <laughs> turns out. Turns well, he's out. a great guy. Look, it's he's, nice when you have run after catch on your yeah. stats. Jamal you know? Charles took like you got Jamal four Charles. screens. Yeah. He's, he's per, Alex Smith is arguably the perfect house. for that team. He's a great game manager. Protects the ball. He will not put them in trouble. Their yeah. defense yeah, plays doesn't well. turn it over. Doesn't, doesn't turn it over. I mean, their defense has been struggling a little bit because they got a little banged up, as yeah. they all do. Not like, you know, not struggling like the Cowboys defense, but they've been struggling a little bit. Anyway, Ozzy, you're up first. Do you want the Colts and all those points that look so awesome? Or they they the look Chiefs? really awesome, but the Colts have been such a train wreck for the second half. Oh, God, do I really want to go with the Chiefs in minus seven? Chiefs minus seven at home or uh, Colts plus seven? Uh, I'm going Chiefs. You're going with the Chiefs. Dave, you get to follow up. It's, it's a tough, tough, it's a tough one, one, isn't it? Tough one, tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. Man, I want to pick the Colts, but it's... Uh... Can't do it? You know what? I'm going to pick the Colts. I think they lose by three. Nice. I think the Colts hang in there as well. Andrew Luck has been uh, up and down, but I think he's been playing a little better. He's getting getting adjusted to not having Reggie Wayne because that was a big blow. 
and they've got that new kid uh, that they just brought in a week ago, De- DeRoy or DeLorean or whatever the heck his name is. DeLorean? What? Some guy that they, they brought him. Back, they brought him in from uh, 1962. <laughs> Some guy who's been like a, uh, a he was undrafted and he had like a bunch of tr- he had a troubled background, but he was always a like potential physical stud and he lit up the yardage. So if, look, if they've got that player, if they can get some, you know, they get some consistency out of anything in the running game, you know, whether it's from Richardson or whatever, I don't know. Mm. Are they are they in jeopardy of not making the playoffs? Right, the Colts yeah. if they don't win this? I uh, know they clinched. They're they're in. Oh, they uh, God, they're in. But that they but look, horrible. they want to beat they want to beat the Chiefs. I think you're mm. right, Dave. I don't think they would necessarily win, but I think they keep it close. I think they keep it closer than seven or take the Colts. I'm. This isn't how I'm going to gain a, a game on Ozzy, but I am going to gain a game on the two of you. I think the Chiefs continue to throw up some mad scores at home, loud stadium. stadium. Going to happen. Right. The Colts are limping into the playoffs, and will continue to. Limp. Doesn't look good for him. No. All right, Micah, what do you got there for us? Chiefs from Micah, and where did Andrea go? Uh, Andrea went Chiefs as well. Andrea went with the Chiefs as well. Dave, just you and me on the Colts. We are the outliers. Oh, we got to see where Rich went. All right, we will. Yeah, we will see where Rich went. And then uh, next game, we have a great matchup uh, for the Gulf Coast fans. That would Tough be one. what happened to the Saints this week, man? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was Dude, that? that? Onside kick by the Rams was money. That onside <laughs> yeah. kick was absolute money. That was that was the that was a perfectly timed kick in the gut when you're down. But you're, you feel like at some. I, I'm sitting there going, at some point they're going to wake up. The, the, yeah, the the. Uh, Saints will become the Saints. Drew Brees will go like, oh, I've, I forgot. I'm Drew Brees and score like 30 points in a minute and a half. They and got so shocked by the way that game turned. They just couldn't. The Rams aren't it. that bad. I, NFC West is way tougher. Than the Rams are a weird team. Remember when they blew out Indy the other week? Yeah. yeah Zach Stacey shows up and they show up. So, all right. So we've got the Saints plus three and a half Man. at the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers looking really good on both sides of the ball going into the late part of the season. They're peaking at the right time. Yeah, uh, Saints are so wretched on the road. I'm going Carolina. This is an easy one. Easy one? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, easy one. Ozzy says it's an easy one. Dave, what do you think it's an easy one? God, I hate you, Ozzy. <laughs> Gotta catch him up. I, I can take the Saints and the points for that. Absolutely. I got the Saints coming back strong. That is a... that they're. That is a gut check game for them. They yeah. are not going... They're, they are not going to come out flat again. And I also think, though, that the rest of the story is that Ryan... Ryan's defense is is a, is that gambler sort of defense, and though Cam is having a good season, his this sort of this is the sort of defense that can still throw Cam a loop, right? This is the sort of defense that can still have enough guys in motion, moving around, disguising where players are coming from to sort of give him fits. He's he's a different sort of quarterback, right? But he's come through in big games so far. He, he had has, that really good game against the Pats a few weeks yeah, ago. I, I don't disagree with you. I just think that the Saints. Come back strong. It's not that far a trip for them. The Gulf Coast loves them Saints, and they will have it's it not, you know, going into Carolina will be unfriendly, but it won't be that horrible for them. I'm taking the Saints. I am also taking the Saints, but it's mostly because I'm rooting against Carolina so hard that my uh, rooting, because I need the Niners to get that five seed. You're going to lose it to Arizona, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't happening. Uh, so, I'm rooting for the Saints, and therefore, by the way, we are them. picking Niners Cardinals in the in the last. That's going to be a great game. game. All right, Micah, what do you got for this uh, Saints Carolina game? He's going with Carolina, and Andrea has gone with uh, Saints. The Saints. I know that is troublesome. <laughs> that is troublesome, isn't it? And finally, we've got the Patriots plus two and a half going into Baltimore. Now, you guys both 
laughed at me last week I when I picked the Ravens, saying that they yep. are playing like a playoff team. Yep. But you, you didn't laugh at me because I said they're getting hot at the right time. That's and right. We were right. on the same page. That's right. Yep. All right. So, all right, so Mr. They're getting true. hot at the right time. Are they hot enough to beat the Patriots? Absolutely. I think I, I got Ravens. No so Gronk. No, the no, other guy. No, no Gronk is a real problem. For and them. no, uh, no other guy. What was the other guy? <laughs> like they lost the other guy too, right? Oh, uh, the guy in jail, oh, Amendola. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, not uh, yeah, Amendola, right? Yeah, not, I, think, but, I think he was. Amendola just got dropped. Teeth. Didn't somebody just get hurt this week? That was that was Gronk. No, but the last, I mean, this game. Uh, someone else on defense. I think they lost defense. They, they have no, they have no defense. Their defense is on, I'm not du- a big on duct tape. Fan. Oh, I hate the Patriots. <sighs> and Ravens always get up for they these games. They don't lose games. two in a row. They, al- they always get up they for uh, Patriots. That's true. They do not lose two in a row. And Flacco is hurt. I don't Wait, even know he's, if he's playing. He's not playing? He might be questionable. I mean, I'm he not did 100%. nothing in that. They, they didn't play. score a touchdown and they won last week. Yeah, I know. He did nothing. So. But, if that's because they played He had one Detroit, good pass though. and got paid. Hey, man, you guys all, well, not these guys all picked Detroit. Detroit looked decent. So who are you going with, Kanata? You can go before me, Mr. No I'm taking the Ravens. Shit. I think the Ravens are <laughs> the team nobody wants to play. Going to, Although I don't like the fact that you said Well, oh, the they're going to crush Indy in the first round. You can already see it. Yeah. Uh, is Flacco's out? Uh, I can check. I, I, that I'm would, that sure would sway uh, me if I knew that. I, I, think, I think he'll play. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got a knee injury, so I'm not, I think he's going to play the Braves. Although I, I really agree with you with that whole Patriots don't lose two in a row thing. They I'm, get pissed I'm gonna, off. I can, I can live with going with the Patriots here to try to gain a game. So you know, I don't know why I'm trying to gain a game. I'm in second place. Flacco's limited in practice. He's wearing a knee brace. Yeah, he'll play. So his mobility might so his mobility might, mobility might be compromised, but he's not a big mobile player anyway. I mean, I think that's going to be a really fun game to watch, actually. But he is likely to play, so look to have Flacco on the field this Sunday. Who are you so going with? Brady, late in December, throwing to who? Doesn't matter. <laughs> he's proven this season that it actually really doesn't matter that much. And especially here in the last few weeks, he's been able to get the numbers back on track. It's huge that they lost Gronk. But, but, but he had a quiet, he, had, he quietly had a backbreaking pick at the end of his game last week. Like kind of got overshadowed by Romo. True. We weren't going to mention that. Oh yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. True. But I think that one thing that really separates Brady from Romo is that Romo still goes out there on the field and he... Feel, and he and he's just like man the rest of my team's not pulling their weight i've got to do it and he forces and he forces and he, like both of those picks that he threw were him trying to make shit happen because he just doesn't have faith in the rest of the team and brady despite the fact that the rest of the team has been not as good as it has been in prior years no he's just more sensible he knows to rely on the system he he is more confident that you know I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to play within what I'm supposed to play within. Oh, and by the way, screw the Pats for beat for for not taking care of business against Miami because they knocked my Chargers out of it. Like they're done. Like I'm so I'm so pissed. Your Chargers and I also think that, I think that Miami is better than people give them credit for. I agree. They're, they're really so good. you know, and that was a that, that was a game that was set up for Miami. So <laughs> I'm actually going to take the New England Patriots in this game. All right, Micah. Patriots also. And Dave, you didn't tell us who you're taking. Oh, yeah, I said Pats. Did Pats. we get it? Did we get Andrea's pick? Please take uh, Ravens. Andrea's Please take all Ravens. Ravens. Yes. Oh, damn it. I picked all the That's same. That's so Raven. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. We're at, we're in the like in between the two weeks. So that means that it can only be time for our uh, friend and leader of the pack, Rich yeah. Grisham, host of the Press Row podcast, excellent sponsors of the tailgate. Take it away, Rich. 
<sighs> so, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. Rich Grisham here, the guy who went 0-3 last week. But you know what? It's the holidays. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Let's, uh, let's see if I can't pick it up, shall we? All right. Shake it off, Rich. Shake it off. All right. Up first, got the Colts traveling to Kansas City. The Colts are seven-point underdogs heading to KC, which still needs to keep their, uh, their winning going, whereas the Colts pretty much have their division locked up. Don't have a whole lot going on. I'm taking Kansas City in this one. Up next, you have a huge game. New Orleans heading to Carolina, basically the NFC South Division title game. The Saints are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm going with Carolina in this one. And then lastly, this week, you've got the Patriots heading to Baltimore. Patriots are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I like, uh, I like the Patriots in this one. I think they're going to pull it out. Not only that, but I think they're going to win the game. So, hey, everybody, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. This is Rich Grisham from the Press Row Podcast saying thanks, and we'll see you again next week. All right. So now we know where he went on week 16. I like to think, though, that uh, I'm going to catch up some. Now we, go, now we go into week 17, where we have no line. This is going to be straight out. This is so interesting. So this is just straight up picks, and it is some serious, serious business right here, because all of these are big matchups. Now, Dave wouldn't let me twist out of the first one. Damn it. So this could be a huge game, right? It could I be mean, a huge game. I think it's going to be. For all intents and purposes, the Redskins have, have given Packed up. Packed it in. And oh, yeah. I think that the Cowboys probably beat them, although it would solve a lot of problems if they lost, but I love my team, so I don't actually want them to lose. And then that means that it is Cowboys, Eagles, for the NFC East Championship. NFC East. Which will most like, line. Which will most likely get flexed into the Sunday night game. Uh, it most likely will get flexed into the Sunday night game. Although the other one, Packers Bears, could as well. Packers Bears could be yeah. huge. But I mean, there's just these matchups are huge. These matchups are huge. By the way, the three matchups are Cowboys, Eagles, Packers Bears, Niner Cardinals. All three of them big time playoff implications. Teams that don't like each other. Teams division that want to beat each other. Division rivals. The pats off to the schedulers. And since my Cowboys in the first one, yes, I'm taking them. I am not optimistic about it. But damn it. <laughs> Everything that's happened in the past, my Cowboys, if there's a shard of heart anywhere in that fucking team, they better win that goddamn game. If they lose another end last game of the season to the Eagles, then maybe that would shock Jerry into doing something about it. But they, they, come on, there's got to be a heart in there someplace. There's got to be someone who can sit down in the locker room and go, fuckers, we are winning this game. I'm taking the Cowboys for the first three quarters and 14 minutes. <laughs> And then I'm taking the Eagles for that last minute. So I'm taking the Eagles. Bastard. I think it's Eagles. I think it's Eagles uh, that go, go into the playoffs. And then there's, but it's a heartbreaking loss. <laughs> I feel like the Cow- there's a Romo interception in there <laughs> or some sort of I'm pre- botched field goal <laughs> kick or some kind of awful act of God. Dude, dude like they got us into the playoffs one year. The, the Eagles are way behind and they kick, but it's like a squib kick and yeah. some guy in the middle of the field like fumbles it <laughs> and then someone else trips on himself and then like the Eagle yeah. guy recovers it and they kick a field goal to win in no time. Or, or, or do the Tampa, the uh, reverse, try the reverse on the one yard line uh, and fumble it. Yeah, it was hilarious. Idiots. Unbelievable. I, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I think the Cowboys have had a had a must win week 17 game against each team in the NFC East and they've all ended the same way with the Romo pick. So uh why you know why pick against a trend? You know, I'll I'll go Eagles. I or, too or I too am going Eagles. <laughs> this is how you this is how you triumph. Andrea oh, yeah. Andrea yes. went Eagles. I I 
genuinely hope that they, as, as a fan of the team, I genuinely hope that it does come down to a championship game like this, and I hope that someone on that team has some heart. Yeah, because so it's they been can go such out a backbreaking. You know what? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. but it's been such a backbreaking season for this team. It's like you know what, guys. Show me something. I talked about this before in other places. I was I've been a fan lifelong. I was a fan eighty nine and one in fifteen. And that one in fifteen team felt like they had more heart sometimes than this team does. It's really I, I don't doubt that DeMarco Murray has heart. You just gotta hand him the ball. Yeah. Well, when I, Des Bryant leaves the field with however many minutes to go what two weeks in a row now? Like he's just left because he doesn't want to watch the that's pretty fucked up. That's bad coaching. That it well, just bad discipline around, but I, and by the way, it's not in philly it's in dallas it's in new mm. texas stadium oh even better yeah it's in it's so, in the big palace so definitely eagles and it's, it's cowboys at redskins <laughs> in 16 but it's eagles at cowboys for 17 that's my bad on the clear clear it's all right micah what do you got cowboys or eagles he said whoa cowboys He's he went with confident. the cowboys damn thank you sir andrea andrea eagles eagles yeah i'm not surprised all right that means fate's on your side. It's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <it does mean. laughs> All right, we got another big, massive matchup uh, again. Packers after that huge comeback against wow. the Cowboys in Amazing. the playoff hunt, still and Bears and, lumbering and, along. And the Bear, if anybody has a worse defense than Dallas, it's it might be Chicago. No, Cowboys is worse, but Bears is runner up. Awful defense, man. So Packers clearly by that time, Rodgers should be back in the saddle. I don't know. They're talking about shutting him down like entirely, which God, I hope that's not the case. I would, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised, but either way they could win with Flynn Packers at the Chicago Bears. What do you think, Ozzy? Oh, this is a good game for Jay Cutler to go down in flames. Like I'm going to go Packers. Hmm. All right. I actually see it the other way. Forte quietly having another great season. Those two wide receivers, man, it is really hard to team up against them, regardless of who's been at quarterback. I'm going to take the Bears. Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I might regret this, but I'm also taking the Bears. Dave, damn it! I was going to go to Bears as well. I'm now going to. Uh, do I take my chances of losing the Packers? I'm going to actually go to the Bears. He's going with the Bears, Micah. What do you got? All right, and since we uh, have to get him in before we close, we got one more game to pick, but let's get Rich in here with his Week 17 pickums. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays, everybody. Rich Christian here from the Press Row Podcast. It is Week 17. It is football. Oh, this is good stuff. Coming down to the last week, as always. Up first, you've got the Cowboys and the Eagles. The epic battle between Garnets, Cowboys, and my Eagles. And, uh, well, I can't do anything but go with the Eagles here, right? I mean, come on, that'd be crazy. I'm taking Philly. Up next, you got the Packers heading to Chicago. Another epic battle between two long-hated rivals. I'm taking Green Bay in this one. And then lastly, you got the 49ers traveling down to Arizona, the Niners and the Cardinals. I am taking the Niners. So, hey, everybody, thanks so much for uh, for listening all year to the Pickums, uh, to the tailgate. Uh, it's been a blast and looking forward to the playoffs. This is Rich Grisham from the Press Row Podcast brought to you by Operation Sports. Have a great and happy and safe holiday, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks so much.